welcome to the Suspense is Killing Us podcast. My name is Emily Soderback. Travis Vogt. Matt Lynch, hi. Hello, everybody. We're all here. We're all doing it. It's happening. We're all here. Doing it well. We're here and we're doing it. It's two days before Halloween. Yeah. You better believe it. Hope you guys liked our spooky episode. Did it scare the shit out of you? Oh, it L- let the us know. Shit out of you. How much <laughs> shit got scared out of you in the comments? Ew. In the, in the comments. <laughs> Gallons? Gallons of shit. I, I had a really hard time just editing the whole thing because I was shaking so much. Yeah. Like, I have to push buttons when I'm doing this. It was really cold and like. Cool. Because of the ghosts around There was you. ghosts constantly passing through me, I felt like, at least. Yeah. Joe Beth Williams was there. <laughs> I just watched that two nights ago. Joe Beth Williams? Joe Beth Williams is my possibly my favorite character of all time in that movie. Wait, who's Joe Beth Williams <laughs> She's again? She's the mom. She's the mom in Poltergeist. Oh. I love her so much. She goes through a lot. Yeah, she does. And then you see her in her underwear. <laughs> Great. That's pretty cool. Good for you. <laughs> That's love why love when a woman goes through a lot and then you see her in her underwear. <laughs> That's pretty much the movie. <laughs> Let's put this lady through the ringer, and then we'll see her in her underwear. And then put and her then... back into the ringer, because <laughs> she like she didn't know that those are real skeletons that they had at the end, that they used. They were? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's why it's haunted. <laughs> Good. And, and and she was like, she found out later, and she's like, I'm glad they didn't tell me that, because it would have been way worse. <laughs> that's fucking gnarly. Why yeah, it would have been way real? worse. Oh. Anywho, <clears throat> speaking of way worse. Jesus Christ. Oh. Oh, no. No. No? Not way worse. Not way worse? Not way worse. We've done so much worse. Well, that's not really what I was going with that one. Where were, okay. you, where were you going, I was Matt? just going to say, like, we, you know, we've done, we're, we're going worse than the last time we did the Bruce Willis ones. Oh. <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a person. Which ones did you guys do last time for the Bruce Willis ones? Because I think that was before my time. Uh, it was. It was a long time ago. It was like early, season one. Early days. It's, con- it's considered possibly our first true classic episode. Yeah. Uh, Striking Distance, I think. Yeah, Striking oh, Distance yeah. is the one where the deep dish farina uh, running gag comes from. If you ever, if you ever want to go back and listen to the origin of the thing that we do, practically every episode with Dennis yeah. Farina saying Chicago type stuff. Oh, that's stuff. the first deep dish farina episode. That's the first deep dish farina wow. episode because Dennis Farina is in Executive that's, Decision. That's Exe- wait, no, what is it? What is that movie called? Striking Distance. Striking Distance. <laughs> Rowdy Herring. Is it Rowdy Harrington? Striking Distance. Yes. Uh, and then I don't remember the other ones, but the but Big they were Willis great. style striking distance, perfect stranger. Oh man, I love which that is movie. where Giovanni Ribisi shtick comes <laughs> from. <laughs> yeah, there's wow, a lot this, of is, this is a great episode. And color of night <laughs> for the lore of color suspense. Of night. See, that's a that's a fucking classic episode. That's a good episode, right yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> oh god computer where it, like it has her voice going like you are quite good at turning me on giovanni ravisi or whatever on it. it's fucking nuts wow. well maybe this will be another classic episode maybe we'll i think so you think so yeah all right I think there's about a hundred percent chance that this becomes a- another classic an episode. Instant hit. Uh, there is also an extremely good chance that this becomes a very dicey episode because of the mm. movie we are yeah, talking about last. last. Fortunately, we're going out on the siege. Yeah. For fuck's so sake. yeah. So this this episode, Big Willis style part two. Oh yeah. Uh, 1991's Mortal Thoughts. 1997's The Jackal. Oh. Or the Jackal, if, if, you, Jackal. if you prefer. And The Siege. 1998. Boy, oh boy. Oh boy. Two of these that everybody that I talked to was sure that we'd done before. The I was, the I was, the I was pretty sure we'd done the siege before, but yeah. <laughs> it seemed like it. And the jackal. I and I and then watching him, I was like, oh no. I, I'd never seen the jackal before <laughs> once. 
and was delighted by it, to be honest with you. Not, I'm not saying it's good. It's no, gonna but be one of, it's going to be one of those sort of things these, where... These were all endlessly... They're not endlessly, but these were all very watchable yeah. movies that I wasn't upset about watching. No. I'm a little upset about watching The Siege for all kinds of weird I mean, reasons. if Denzel wasn't in The Siege, I would have been Just more upset. Just dang all that orange. But, yeah. You know, oh, my God. <laughs> we got to post that on uh, our Twitter. <laughs> I put it. I put it up on my own Twitter. Um, oh yeah. But we may, might need to get a video or something like that. I don't know. Dude, it's him just shocking. taking a big old. We'll, bite. We'll, we'll talk about it. At, like it'll be one of the funner parts of that movie that we'll be able to talk about. Yeah. Uh, because it gets. Uh, I, I guess maybe at the beginning of the episode, trigger warning for some some of that stuff because the siege is about fighting Islamic terrorism mm-hmm. and there's lots of stuff about Palestine <laughs> and shit. And so, like rounding people up and putting them into camps oh, and yeah. stuff like that. Dude. And so this movie came yeah. out, it needs to be pointed out again and again before before 9-11. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Fascinating movie. Absolutely. <laughs> like, Fascinating. Kind of riveting and terrible at the same time. <laughs> got um, lot, I got a lot to say amazing, about that Amazing one. film. But anyway. But we're not starting with that one. No, we're going no, back no, to. No, 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 the, we're, start, we're doing Crony Ords. Crony Ords today. Hundo P. Crony Ords. Hundo P. Crony Ords, starting with Mortal Thoughts from 1991, directed by Alan Rudolph. Did you think you would get away with this? I didn't think that she would go through with it. It was a sick game. Listen to me. We are friends, and we are going to watch out for each other forever. Something terrible happened that night. I mean, you have a friend, two friends, married. We're at each other's throats. When are you going to start listening to me, huh? So what if I want to have another baby? No, 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 because we already talked about this, and you know that. Get this taken care of. Something no one wanted to talk about. He used to be such a happy-go-lucky guy. Well, I'm very happy-go-lucky. Yes, uh, <laughs> you. We're partying, baby. I'm gonna kill him one of these days, so help me God. Something no one could put their finger on. I'm really afraid, Joyce. I mean, I don't think that we're doing the right thing. I warned you about those two. They're crazy. They're animals. Anything can happen with them. Something no one could forget. Somebody's talking. They ask questions like somebody knows something, like somebody said something. Something just doesn't sit right here. The night James was murdered, you said you told your husband everything. I didn't do anything. Astonishingly came out a month before Thelma and Louise. This is my first Alan Rudolph movie, actually. Rudolph, I've the had red-nosed... Them all... Filmmaker. I've had like very good. Yeah, good I've stuff, had people. trouble in mind and welcome to Los Angeles on my uh, watch list for a while. But this is uh, Blade. You got trouble that. in mind, Blade. That's what I say whenever is I see the from... cover from Trouble in Mind. Chris, 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 Chris my Chris Christopherson impression is just a deep voice. Oh, that's he says Chris Blade occasionally. <laughs> Blade, Blade. You got trouble in mind, Blade. Uh, but yeah, I thought I knew Alan Rudolph. He has a section in the uh-huh. in Scarecrow, and I thought I kind of knew Alan Rudolph's whole deal. And then I was like, this movie's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> what's I, Alan, I what's have Alan a lot of his shit on my watch list. I feel like there's this, this the time, time in the early to mid-90s where, or late 80s and into the 90s where like guys like Rudolph who weren't, I wouldn't call them like independent filmmaker or anything, but more sort of on the art house side of yeah. studio filmmaking yeah. were bleeding into the mainstream a little bit. So you get like Mike Figgis, Internal Affairs, mm. you know, stuff like that. And... uh and uh, you know that doesn't really happen so much anymore. And, and that's kind of his deal because I just didn't know. Like I looked at the list of movies that he'd done and was like, I knew Trouble in Mind, mm-hmm. and that's the one that that we need to do. It takes it's it's in our it genre is. and yeah. it takes place it in, Seattle? in Seattle too. Like <laughs> big Seattle movie, good movie. Uh, so we'll need to do that at some point. But I, I didn't recognize any of the other titles really. Oh, yeah. I, was, I really like thought Eureka, that I would. Eureka's pretty. Oh wait, is that him? No, that's Nick Rogue. Yeah. 
Shit. Also, I guess a similar kind of guy. But like watching Mortal Thoughts, I still was like, "What? Can, what is this guy's deal?" Yeah. I, I still, I still didn't figure out what. It, I don't know if I, I was intrigued to find out more. To be honest with you, but I'm, I'm assuming Mortal Thoughts isn't like. I would representative say it's a of a bit of an oeuvre. outlier in yeah. his oeuvre. Yeah, but it's you know, it is what it is. Did we point out, uh, in addition to this being Bruce Willis, Big Willis style part two, that these, he plays bad guys in bad, all of these? Bad, bad Bruce. Yes, Batty Bruce. Bad he Bruce. does play, play bad guys in all three of these movies. Yeah, various various kinds of bad various guys. strains of villain, if you will. Like one full blown psychopath, one kind of like apparatchik bureaucrat kind of bad classic bad guy. Yeah, and in this one. It's just a shit. A bag. very specifically Bruce Willisy kind of like just scumbag blue collar. I feel like he's tapping into something here. I think so too. Uh, I say specifically Bruce Willisy because in my in my personal professional opinion, I think he's improv and a professional. Lot. Personal and professional. Oh, wow. They're crossing in this. Mm. Yeah. But I feel like he was told to, or like decided that he was going to improv a lot of this, particularly when he's just like ranting and raving. Yeah. Because he's a b- abusive. Husband, oh, he's guy. Shit. In the first two movies we talk about, he has a lot of different facial hair going on and a lot of well, different I mean, terrible the jackal, haircuts. He's a master of disguise. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, I love that. There's movie. a lot of different Bruce looks uh, in here, and yes. you know what? The first Immortal Thoughts, there is a time when he has a. a big mustache and a backwards baseball hat and a tank top and he looks kind of dirty and I he's kind of hot yeah I could see that he's a piece of shit he is hot he's a piece of shit though yeah I I I thought it was fascinating that he's just introduced fully like he's getting married to Glenn Headley Glenn Headley yes who I really love in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is does not fare very well here uh, it's not her best maybe work. Maybe not. I, I don't think anybody fares very well. I don't, well I don't here. think the performances in this movie are quite. I'm not. Fa- I'm famously not. Uh, I'm famously a Demi Moore skeptic. Mm. Famously. Famous. Uh, That's what he's known for. Um, obviously, Bruce Willis has a, a wide range of. I th- and before we get, let's we've, let's take a quick moment to just yeah. say like. Watching these movies back to back, basically, and then I also watched uh, Four Rooms, which we're going to be doing on the Patreon. That's right. Oh, fun! Uh, which was oh my god, it, <laughs> it was so be. fucking terrible. <laughs> really, I've, I've never seen it. Uh, Astonishingly bad. But uh, my my point is, join our Patreon. That uh, that uh, it's he's mostly clocked in in these. Mm-hmm. And it it made me sad just because you know he's retired now because he's uh, had some you know he's he's having uh, problems with dementia things like that. That's so sad. It's very sad. Even though you know the last few years he hasn't been doing the, his greatest work, but uh, he's getting that money. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's there's stories that maybe it was other people getting that money. No, yeah, Bruce. I, I, I was worried about that honestly. But um Wait, who's getting them? It was more just that like they were he shouldn't have been working and people were pushing him to work. Yeah. Uh like his pe- like, the people who are like the people who are supposed to be looking after him look weren't after looking him. after him so well. Yeah. Dude, that's um, so sad when he passes away. Yeah. So that's kind of why, you know, I it, it made me sad just because, you know, oh man, I, I mean, I used to love him. Bruce Willis was a, a staple of the '90s, certainly. Yeah, and uh, and well into the 2000s. But uh, you know, just R- not R.I.P. But you know, yeah. I hope I hope he lives out the rest of his life in peace and comfort. Yes. Yeah, it's he's got a joie de vivre. I mean, I've been watching um, Moonlight. Moonlighting. Oh, because uh, oh, it's yeah. finally it's finally like what available. a great show. 
And uh, I'd never I'd never watched it when I was a kid or anything. I had no oh, experience man. with it. And hey, I mean, the, one of the interesting things about that show. I was like, they put at David Addison in an action movie when Die Hard came out. I was like, oh my god, I have to see it. But he's not really David Addison in that. He's no, he's no. Distinct. He's very he's distinctly different, a but different I mean, character. I idolized Addison as a little kid. He was okay, like the you, ultimate wise ass. You were already into Bruce yes. when Die Hard. So, oh, there Who you was go. my first Bruce? I I believe my first Bruce was uh, the voice and look who's talking. <laughs> That's, that that sounds about right. I loved he, that he too. Was, he was Put the me baby. Back in. And then he starts playing that harmonica from the womb. Yeah. That baby's drinking wine coolers left and, I, and, and I right. I was like, why is that baby so cool? <laughs> I think I like him. Yeah, I feel like that baby would be wearing sunglasses on the cover of this, on the poster. That is definitely George Siegel's son. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's right. Uh, Remember but, how that movie starts with George Siegel's cum, like, floating oh, yeah. down? We see him plowing her on their desk. It's disgusting. Fully graphic. No, it's not really. But, um, <laughs> but uh, I have the to say, like. version of Look Who's Down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yikes. I have to say, like I've I've watched Hudson Hawk a bunch of times and was always just kind of like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. And then watching Moonlighting, I was like, oh, like it makes yeah. it absolutely does not make Hudson Hawk good. No, but it does make you go, that's what he is thinking. Right. He's like, this is what I do. I'm David. A I'm like David Edison. That's how I got famous. I'm this funny, zany, yeah. goofy cartoon character kind of guy. And then, and so that it makes Hudson Hawk. At least the decision to make that movie that way make a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, Especially when you when you know that he kind of just took it over and. Yes. Yeah. He's like, I know what I'm doing. I did, you know, two and a half good seasons on Moonlighting <laughs> before it all went to shit. I like most of it, but the la that that last season's not very good. But he's t but he's just like instantly. He, he just came out of fucking nowhere too when mm -hmm. they did Moonlighting. It was a yeah. casting call, and he's just so he's just so fucking good, and he's so like alive and energetic. And I've been watching like like a lot of this old stuff, these old. Um, Seagram's commercials because yeah did yeah it. yeah you sent these to drinking. me the other day yeah before he quit drinking he did a whole Seagram's campaign they paid him millions of dollars and probably worth it mm -hmm. because he comes out and he's like drinking a Seagram's and playing his fucking harmonica with his so buddies nice. I remember that song and he's singing Gold songs coolers <laughs> yeah it's awesome <clears throat> you're like Bruce Willis man I love that guy I, f I found his one of his like albums on vinyl the Return of Bruno. Yeah, yeah, I have that. It's yeah. amazing. I've had the opportunity to I buy that it. a couple times. Haven't pulled the trigger. You got it, man. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I might just frame it. <laughs> that was before Die Hard too. He had this whole, yeah. he had this whole Bruce Willis dropping like and taking over the world sort of thing pre Die Hard, yeah. where everyone was like fucking Bruce Willis, and Bruce Willis was like, yeah, yeah, fucking Bruce Willis is right. <laughs> have more of it, more. Yep. <sighs> Look at all the stuff I can do, and then people were like, oh. That's a, that's quite enough. He's too powerful. <laughs> it's <laughs> enough of that, sir. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, wild. more but, thoughts. But in, but he's I, th I feel like more. This is ninety one, and I feel like it's still kind of like a little taste of that early Bruce Willis, even though he's playing a psycho. Yeah. Fully psycho, but oh, I, I swear to God, he, he's, I, I just want a little bit of sugar, <laughs> Cynthia. Oh, you can't eat by the time you get the sugar. You don't know where the sugar is. Just get it. You want a pound of sugar? You want two pounds of sugar? You want the five-pound bag? You realize oh. there's no sugar. You write down sugar. <laughs> God. Oh, he's such an asshole. I'm this. very happy-go-lucky. Oh, my so God. So this is like three people, Glenn Hetty, Demi Hedley, Demi Moore, and Bruce Willis, all playing New Jerseyites. Jersey. Heavy New Jerseyites. They are from a neighborhood called Bayonne. Oh, and I looked at look look where Bayonne is. It is like the fucking crotch of New Jersey. It is just right 
there. The womb of New Jersey. It's the, a, the fertile crescent of New Jersey, if uh, you will. Of not just New Jersey, but of just that whole fucking, you know, it's just like. Oh. It's by the docks. It's uh-huh. across the water from Staten Island. and, and That's like, where the rich folks live. It's just, yeah, except famously, the finest place in New York, Staten Island. It's just like. <clears throat> You just as, as soon as you arrive in Bayonne, you're like, oh, it was involuntary. I like how. Hey, no offense to any of our listeners from Bayonne, New Jersey. No, I, 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 I don't fully, mean it. I fully mean to offend them. <laughs> I think it's awesome. I, I, you know, I watch movies and TV. I'm obsessed with this part of the world. <laughs> I liked how uh, this movie is is all about like you know it's these domestic this domestic situation that spirals into a thriller. Uh, these women are clearly, like in, this, in the case of Glenn Henley's character, she's clearly being abused. You know, uh, yes. Demi Moore uh, is, is, I don't know. Basically, what I'm saying is there's not a single likable person in this entire movie. Yeah. Everybody is bickering and disgusted with each other all the time. And making bizarre decisions. I think in Demi's case, it's the, a lot of it is just sort of like, so what now? When we get to the end, I will have questions. This is what I'm saying. The ending, I think, is supposed to be some sort of revelatory twist, and you're like, it's not really a twist. And also, what? Did you guys, uh, wait, is this the first time you guys have seen this? I have I, seen this before. I watched it in high At school. At least twice before. Did you guys remember, or were you fooled by the twist? I, I remember, remembered it. I remembered it, but also because, like, now, no, having seen it before watching the movie, it's totally telegraphed. What was that other movie that we, it's like the same kind of twist as where it's not a twist, you're just like, oh, okay, so. So that's what was so happening the whole time? There was another movie we did where we're like, oh, so he's the killer. That's fine, too. That's like. It was, <laughs> it was, it was that Pacino De Niro one where they were, they were actually switched oh, places. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Something you're like, like what? That. But. And you're like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Or, like, Murder by Numbers, maybe. Uh, you mean the one where with Ryan Gosling yeah. and Sandra Bullock? God, what happened? That's right. There no, like Murder s- by Numbers is what we're thinking that's of. That's what we're thinking because of. Because they're both two psycho kids, and just one's supposed to oh, be yeah. slightly more psycho than the other but kid. But then it turns out the other one like, was more a little more than yeah. the other one. And you're like, boom. <laughs> but they were both pretty. It's I mean, that right. level. It's that level of twist. Who cares about the distinction between those two psycho kids? It's <laughs> a level of twist. And that's, I was and like, that's huh? absolutely, the, it's a similar sort of thing in this where you're just sort of like, but like, so what? Because it didn't change, it didn't really change anything. It doesn't change anything. Because it's not like she did it. It's not like all of a sudden the twist was she was a psycho. Was the twist was oh she was being raped and she acts like it's not like a, yeah. a surprising well, twist. That's one of okay. <laughs> Clearly, there's a problem with uh, you can't expect if somebody reports a sexual assault, a woman reports a sexual assault that like she's going to be instantly taken at her word in this country, right? Right. Uh, however. I feel like there's a preponderance of evidence from many, many witnesses that this guy is a piece of shit who abused his wife. Yes. And if she were to say, like, he tried to assault me, I defended myself. Yeah, totally. I think she probably would have gotten away with it. I do think it's one of those things where in the moment they freaked out, and then the longer they waited, the more they were like, well, now we can't because we already waited. And it it snowballed. And it's like, I mean, I would But I mean, I'm kind of like, look, he's dead. You wanted him dead. You didn't murder him. This was an accident. This is a blessing. Just go to the cops and <laughs> tell them the truth. Yeah. <laughs> I, have, is... I have my own idea for what they could have done, an easy thing that they could have done to make this twist actually work. But we'll maybe, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll get, to get to it before we... But yeah, like, this is like... a nightmarish reality. I feel like me and my friends have all had conversations being like, would you help me bury a body? Every, mm-hmm. You know, if you're if you're BFFs, you'll say yes. Sure. Uh <laughs> and this is like the the nightmarish reality, even yeah. though it's not really reality. But this is like what could go wrong, you know? 
Yeah, it does. Things do spiral out of control in ways that, like the the ending, I think dis- does a disservice to the movie because you th- sort of feel like you know what's going on. Yeah, and then the twist kind of just fucks the whole. It, you're you're yeah. kind of like a net. So wait, what? But you know, at the end, when she chooses to sort of tell, do the right thing, and tell the truth at the end, you know, I had one overwhelming thought: go for her. Go for her. I, I guess. Go for her. I would Dude, be also, like... her hair and her jean her jackets. Oh, my God. The denim. The denim in this movie. The teased hair. Uh-huh. The oh, accents. Guys. There's there's one shot of her in slow motion walking, just looking like really like Demi more like blank-faced, and she just looks so fucking good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, she was the most famous woman in America at that point. This, yeah, was, this was peak Demi. Peak Demi. And her and Bruce were married during this, uh-huh. I believe. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't 88 to 2000. Something. America demanded they loved Bruce and Demi, and they, they really wanted to see Bruce trying to rape Demi in I a like, movie. I like how this uh, is what we wanted. The the, that, the like the only person in <laughs> this movie that appears to have a conscience and is like a good guy is fucking Frank Vincent. Her Frank dad. Vincent, yes. He's not <laughs> oh, in it. Yeah. He's not in it as much as you'd hope, but he has a really funny scene because, like, I love seeing as him, Matt thanks. pointed out, you know, in 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 like the vast majority of cases, if a woman gets raped, it's just sort of like. You know, why would you bother going to the cops? Nothing's going to happen, this and that. Everybody fucking despises this guy. And Frank yeah. Vincent, at the guy's fucking wake, <laughs> like somebody goes, he's in heaven now. Or he's like, I fucking I, w- I wouldn't worry. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't be so sure. Everybody hates him and so then, much and then that he's he like, basically uh, say that. His brother or whatever, his shitty, his equally shitty brother's like, what the fuck do you mean by that? And he's like, I think you know what I mean, tough guy. <laughs> it's just <laughs> fucking like. Fucking Frank Vincent. I, I just love it. Like, they, there's not a moment that goes by in this movie where somebody's not like, hey, why don't you shut up? But you don't know what you're talking. <laughs> Talking about oh, Imagine this level She's, of stress. Like, Glenn Headley actually does say Bafungu at one point. Says at one point. <laughs> Imagine living with this level of stress in just every single fucking moment. <laughs> I found it Absolutely impossible exhausting. to sit through the first hour or so. It was just like Jesus, I don't stop know, it. I don't know why it hit for me. I was just, I was just like loving them yelling at each yeah. other. I was just into it. I was just like, yes, <laughs> this is messy. I love the mess. Let's go. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't like Let's it. Let's hang out it, at Joyce's clip and die. Let's fucking go. I loved the, I loved the. <laughs> I don't know if I love that I'm being ironic, but the combination of cartoonish, like almost sketch comedy like right. details with like this very heavy story. Like it's really heavy. It, it kind of reminds me of um, what's that one? The Honeymooners. Yeah. With, with, Christopher, <laughs> with Christopher Walken and Anne Heche. Oh, the wild side. Uh, the wild oh, side. God, yeah. That movie Where you're was like, crazy. There's like rape and all kinds of disturbing, but then it's also just like the goofiest, silliest thing you've ever seen. Strange, yeah. So they, they, it's like Bruce Willis, Glenn Hetty, and Demi Moore, all three people who like probably the least likely to play like <laughs> fucking New Jersey, like Italian. At least they, at least they got Italian. John Pankow in there to, to like round it out. They're supposed to be like Italian American New Jerseys, and it's like I don't. Like Jimmy Moore is from Arizona, so like, I don't think so. And, and let's everybody's doing little, the, the accents too. And let's establish a little framework yeah, let's, here. Let's get this out of the way. So yeah. basically, Demi Moore is best friends with what's her name, Lena Headley. Glenn Headley. <laughs> Lena Headley from it Game is of Thrones. Confu- it is confusing though. Um, so they're best friends. And uh, Bef- oh, but before we get to that, I need to point out that there's a framing device, and the movie begins oh, with Demi yeah. Moore in the police department squaring off with Harvey Keitel. Harvey Keitel, actual, and she's actual New Yorker Harvey Keitel. She's telling her story, 
Yeah. We don't know and why she's like, being interrogated. Me, uh, but... What about you, Lash LaRue? Tell me the deal with this whole thing. <laughs> and, then we, and then we go flashback. Their best friends, Joyce, owns a hair salon, and she has a really shitty husband who is Bruce Willis. She's just getting married to him. It's like, yeah, we their, start out. He's like hitting her at their wedding. We're, we start because uh, Harvey Keitel is like, when was the first time that you saw that there was an issue between the two of them? And she's like, well, probably their wedding. And then we get a flashback to the wedding. And God, I love in movies. I love like a mob slash Italian slash East Coast wedding like scene, scene in a movie where also this was like one long one long shot through the wedding. You see everyone with their big hair and their puffy sleeves. Everyone's drinking and fucking smoking Everybody's cigars, cranky and, and just yelling at each other. And I was it's like, a yes, fucking blessing. Yes, I want to be there. Get what do you mean you fuck? fuck? Where's my purse? Get my purse. Get the fuck out of here and go fuck my daughter already. Somebody's like, where's the where's the money? Where's all the money at? <laughs> No, nobody's going to steal the money. What are you talking about? You automatically make them out to be saints. And then uh, I liked I liked John Pankow was like trying to sell a condo to this guy, and then Demi Moore is like, "What are you? What are you? always going to talk business at the wedding?" He's like, "It's the best time to talk business." Well, that guy doesn't have a job. Oh, what do you mean? He oh, come on, <laughs> John Pankow. Did we point out that the last time we uh, we, we to live and die in L.A. To live and die in LA. Also, uh, so <laughs> we're getting a lot of Pankow lately. We're gonna have to do an episode Pankow of Pankow at the disco. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, we have to do, do an episode Let's of do Mad it. About Don't You to round this all yeah, I gotta write down Panko Don't have a Panko, man. Oh, <laughs> that's good, We too. gotta find out a Panko. Panko in the morning? Stop. I don't know if I know that one. That's Man, man Cow, the, the old DJ, oh, like the shock jock. Is that an East Coast thing? Yeah, I think so. See, we got an honest guy in fucking East Coast. Oh. He knows what's what. You know, if you, right. you know, if you cross the bridge into Jersey from Philadelphia, you got to pay a toll to get back out. Oh, shit. that's not a joke. That's true. Stuck in New Jersey. Yeah, like if you if you like if you miss the exit to go downtown, you'll go over the bridge into Jersey. If you turn around, you have to pay a toll to get out. Yeah, to leave the state. I was like, a, I think we've we've even talked about this on the podcast before, but for like a solid fifteen year period of time, it was one of the main. Comedy go tos. What main hack comedy go tos was New Jersey sucks. Oh man, it was New longer Jersey than that st- since yeah, I was a child. I feel like that's yeah. always been a thing. New Jersey stinks. I don't feel like you hear it as much now because just everybody's <laughs> like, well, New, New Jersey's no different than any fucking other place. <laughs> I have this really distinct memory of a Mad Magazine bit where they did license plates from every state, and the, lo- the slogans were the jokes. You know, yeah. they, like the, the the vanity plates were yeah, jokes like, too, but I can't remember what those yeah. were. But like you know. The, the mottos on the license like plates or whatever. Yeah, or yeah. And I, re- I remember distinctly thinking it was really funny that the New Jersey one was first in toxic waste. Yes, because it was filthy. Yeah. That, that was part of Allegedly, that was It was, was that joke. it stank. It was that it was filthy. It was like all these real specific sort of things about yeah. how grubby it was. Uh, but this movie, this, this movie is Chris is, Christie's is, favorite movie. This by the is way. 1991, so this is primo Jersey. Uh-huh. Jersey's trash territory. Hey, Frank, what are you doing? <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. Uh, I brought this up before the podcast. I'm going to bring it up again right now. My favorite line in this whole movie is when Demi Moore comes home. She's got blood all over her oh from, from burying Bruce Willis's body. And John Pankow is like, for, he just keeps yelling at her. He's like, what did you do? What are you doing? And he's like, she's like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm freaking out. What are you freaking out for? It's like he's just yelling at her and yelling at her. And finally, she tells him, like, you know, Joyce killed him. I helped her cover it up, and he's mad at her, and then he's like, I'm sorry, I'm not mad, I'm just, you know, what are you doing? And she's like, he's like, let me get these clothes off, this blood's never gonna come out, you're never gonna get this off! And he starts, like, trying to wash the blood off in the sink, and he's like, where's the joy, where's the joy, Cynthia? She goes, what? 
what? The, 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 the laundry detergent. She's like, she's like, you can't use joy on that. You got to use cheer. He goes, joy, cheer. Deck the, deck the fucking house, house with Bowser Holly, Cynthia, will you? <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm watching this going like, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is going on? No one's okay in this movie. And then Nobody's like two minutes okay. later, Demi's talking to, is talking to Glenn Headley again. And she's like, Glenn Headley's like, you told him about the fucking thing that we did? And she's like, my, my clothes were all covered. With blood, what was I supposed to tell him? I was on my period. Stuff like this, where I'm just watching it with my mouth open and being like, hey, "What the fuck?" That scene where Joyce flips on her, where they're like talking outside her house, is like, uh, Ar- "Artie will keep his mouth shut." First of all, John, Cam- John Pankow's name is Artie. Of course, Artie will keep his mouth shut. What do you mean he's not going to keep his mouth shut? He's going to keep his mouth shut. What did you tell him, Cynthia? What did you tell him? And then he's like, it's like, oh, about my period, all this stuff. And she's like, oh, God. You know, she oh, like, she's like, I'll kill your whole family. <laughs> There's like, like you said, nobody in this is okay, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's like manic. Like, I understand that this is a stressful situation. You've just murdered somebody. You're going home. Your husband's finding out about it. Obviously, that's going to be a conflict. No one is taking a moment. No but one is taking like... one moment to just like... All right, what are we going to do? Let's take a fucking (laughs) breath. Let's take a breath. And they just, they vacillate between like, I'm furious with you and I'm scared for myself within like, I mean, it's just like. But at the same time, I'll do anything for you because you're my best friend or whatever. It's wild. It's wild. It's an impressive sticking together to what good waffles do relationship here. (laughs) And again, three people who were like, just couldn't seem farther away from uh, Bayonne, New Jersey, doing these heavy New Jersey accents (laughs) and gesticulating around and and just, it, it feels real. It's intense. <laughs> yeah. It's intense. It's I'm getting wound silly. up just talking about it. Yeah. Well, it, it, vibe-wise, it reminded me of Hysterical Blindness, which mm-hmm. I fucking love. Yeah, I, I've I, seen that one. Oh, it's so good with Uma Thurman and Juliette Lewis. Wow. Is it just Uma Thurman and Juliette Lewis, like, screaming at each other? No. They're oh. not really... They're, it's like the it's like a calm version, but they're def, they're New Jersey girls who hang out at a bar try to pick up guys. Oh. It's, a lot of, it's there's right a lot there. of uh, slim cigarettes. Oh, oh yes. yes. Very good. <laughs> um... Oh yeah, so they work at the salon at Joyce's Clip and Die, and then that one salon girl—that <laughs> one indeed, girl because she does clip and, and she exactly. does clip oh, Bruce Willis, and yeah, he dies. He does. Whoa. Which one girl? Uh, the one girl that comes with a new haircut. Oh. Do you remember her with the long hair and the short? I don't know. I just thought she was great. It's good stuff. <laughs> but they're all you know arguing all the time, and they all know. And uh, Joyce lives above the salon mm-hmm. with Bruce Willis, and they're always arguing. And sh- they have a young son or daughter. They have some baby, some sort of baby. They have two kids. Some oh sort no, of they baby. have one kid. They have one because he was like, "We're not ever having another one." Because she all... keeps, because she keeps like going to the doctor to what, like get a. She wants to have more kids. I'm not entirely sure what she's going to the doctor for, but they're like, no, no, con- she no. get on birth control yeah, or something. Bruce Willis wants her to get her tubes tied. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because he's like, oh, this is the second appointment that you've like missed or whatever. Yeah, and she's she like, what if I baby. want another baby? And Bruce Willis is like, no more babies, you bitch. Yeah, and just, like slaps her and shit. <laughs> yeah, this this is, her, this he slaps her of... at work in front of everybody, and then, and, like, then, oh. and then pushes everyone aside, goes to the cash register, and like takes out money. Like he is like literally, he's a very Big he's a bad guy. Shit. He's a like he's ne- it never at any point. There's, there's like one po- point where it's like because oftentimes in movies where you're you, you're introduced to this kind of character doing the charming thing first, mm-hmm. but we just meet him at the wedding. He's like, oh, "You better fucking marry. Him. Come here, slap, slap. You get married to me right now, like yeah, just yeah. instantly." Yeah, I think there's only one moment where 
uh, they're slow dancing or whatever, and you see that maybe there is a little something there, but that is literally all we get when it comes to why these two people <laughs> like each other at all. We have to assume there's some part of this guy that is uh, somewhat have, charming at some point. They probably have great sex. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so Demi Moore is kind of going through all these different moments that led up to the inciting incident. Yeah, and Harvey Keitel, she's not doing a great job because Harvey Keitel is constantly going, your story doesn't add up. I would absolutely hate to be interrogated by Harvey Keitel. Mm. He, <laughs> I just hate his attitude. <laughs> I hate his he vibe. Has, he does not have attitude. an attitude of I gratitude. I hate his attitude. It's not of gratitude. I hate his vibe. I would just feel really upset being in the same room with him. I just feel like, oh. <laughs> What if he's, he's not? A, he's not good. At, I don't think he was, he he's good at getting information out of a woman. What if he's what if he's <laughs> no. polishing off a powdered Dunkin' Donut? That was slow, amazing. In slow motion. That like was amazing. In slow motion. Oh god! I was like everybody. Everybody says the Joker was ripping from off, Duncan. Everybody from says Dunkies. Joker was ripping off uh, King of Comedy and Martin Scorsese. I think the primary influence for Joker was that shot of Harvey Keitel with the powdered Absolutely donut insane. on his lips. After you see like slow motion of someone bringing in the bag of donkeys, <laughs> there's a lot of slow mo in this movie. <laughs> like there's it's slow motion where it, like like why would you choose this scene to be in slow motion? It's just it's just like Harvey Keitel biting a powdered oh. donut. Oh my god! I wonder I wonder if there's like a certain level of stealth condescension going on for Alan Rudolph here. Maybe. He's like, look at these fucking people. <laughs> well, and that's also, were you guys saying that this isn't really reflective of Alan Rudolph's work? It kind of isn't. Yeah. I mean, he does. Have, I haven't seen anything else to I compare it to. I haven't seen jack shit. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know if I'm tempted to watch more, but it is like extremely funny to me that he that he keeps this powder on his mouth. He's aware. Oh, so much. Because at a certain too. point, he, he just sort of goes, "Now it's time it? to wipe the powder." But he keeps the powder on. Now his, it's time to wipe his powder. lips for like a good minute or something. Well, like then that. he then he taps the donut on the table and he's blows a, he just blows a rail of the sugar. He's asserting his dominance with a, with a dollar bill. I'm scared. Yeah. Like I said, wouldn't I want said to be interrogated by him. Uh, <laughs> speaking of sugar, yeah. should we get to that scene? Oh my God! So there's an there's an amazing moment. Okay, so Glenn Headley is like, I'm gonna kill him. Yeah, she always talks about killing him. He, I wish he was dead. He's better off dead. I'm gonna kill him in his sleep. All this stuff. Yeah, and then uh, and then we we see her we see her mixing sugar and rat poison into yeah. the sugar bowl. This is like eight minutes into the movie. Yeah. You guys, this like, th this is my fourth movie featuring rat poison this month. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that insane? You, so you did it? You got to five? No, what's my fourth? Four. Okay, I damn. still have a couple days. Yeah. yeah. But it has to be by accident. I can't see Have you seen Of Unknown Origin? It. I don't know. Maybe. Peter Weller, Rats in His Walls? Well, that's no. a hell of a movie. There's definitely rat poison in there. Well, I can't, well, now I can't go rat. and watch it because it has to be an accident. Oh, it has to be a surprise? Yeah. Well, well, these, these are four four movies it, all in the last like three weeks. What do you mean? you got to have a surprise. Everything's got to be a surprise the with you. The past four oh. movies. Oh, come on. Why can't you have some Why can't you just have? Why can't you just take a little advice from once in your life? Oh, God. Buff on God, oh, God, oh, God. What have I done? We have, we, we have, we're just about as suitable for this kind of accent as these guys are in it. <laughs> okay. So uh, she mixes rat poison with the sugar because Bruce Willis is like... Very casual. I need he, sugar. He likes sugar in his tea. He drinks, he likes tea. And she should know this because they've been married, what, 10 fucking years? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know I like sugar in my tea. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> He's a tea drinker. Clearly, so uh, <laughs> it calms it calms him tea. down. I need to fucking calm down here. Oh. Where's my fucking chamomile? Uh, Demi Moore is like, "What are you gonna do with that?" And she's like, "Well, he likes a lot of sugar in his tea." Blah 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 blah. I'm gonna murder him. him. Oh. And they're they're now they're downstairs in the hair salon, 
And uh, Glenn Headley like plops herself down next to Demi Moore, and she's like, "What yeah, do you have think?" Yeah, all their kids around him too. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, "What do you think?" And she's like, "You didn't, you didn't really do it, do you?" Of course I did. And so Demi Moore goes upstairs where they live to go basically save Bruce Willis's life. Also, it w- it's uh, we realize, or we're somehow we're made to know that. Jimmy Moore was also friends with Bruce Willis, I think, before they got together. Like, yeah. they were all They've friends. all friends from high school. Yeah, so it's yeah. not like he's just some guy. It's also her friend. Yeah, they've, for, they've for known each other forever. Reason. For some fucking reason. What a friend. And uh, and and Bruce Willis just goes off on this this rant about the sugar because he's Demi also Moore, trying to get her Demi Moore to show him her well, titties. Well, we, we got to get to that. Okay. Because first, first, there's the sugar. Like, okay. she sits down and she's like, you got to calm down. You got to be more happy-go-lucky. And she's like, he's like, I'm happy-go-lucky. I'm nice. <laughs> And she's like, "You like a little, you like a little uh, sh- coffee with the sugar or whatever." And he's like, "Will you stop it with me about the sugar? Fucking Joyce is always talking about the sugar." And he gets really mad. And he's like, "You know," he goes on this rant about like, "What? What? If, what? If, uh, oh!" And then, oh, then Demi Moore spills the sugar intentionally. Yeah. And the tea. And the tea. And so he goes, he's going to get more sugar or whatever, and he's like ranting. He's like, we're out of sugar. She never gets enough sugar. How long? You've been married to somebody for 15 years. You know they like sugar in their tea. What are you going to do? We're out of sugar, right? Sugar down on the grocery list. Then you got to go. Do you want a one-pound bag of sugar? you want a two-pound bag? you want the big five-pound bag of sugar? What do you want? I swear to God, it's improv. He, yeah, oh, my just God. Just like I'm Bruce, sure. just go, baby. He's Yeah, he's just like, they just pull the string, and he's winding him up. It's, it's kind of, Bruce, go on about sugar. Yeah. He's like, I can do that pal. He pulls out his harmonica. <laughs> yeah. Bruce, put the pal. harmonica oh, away. We, was, we didn't say harmonica. We said sugar. The only times they yelled cut was when he pulled out the harmonica. It was like, Bruce, reset. No harmonica. All right. What do you mean no harmonica? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. How's it go? <laughs> you know what harmonica sounds like. <laughs> it sounds like Charlie Gorgeous. Brown's teacher. Nice. Uh, and then, uh, you know, so he doesn't die from voice. that. He doesn't die from that. And then she like, knocks over the sugar. He's like, "Oh, you knocked over the sugar." And then he's sugar. like, uh, "You're not wearing a bra today." You know, and then he's like, titties. "Let me see your titties. Let I me see your titties." And then he starts doing so an, an impression of her cuz she's going like she's like, uh, "No, Jimmy, no, or help or whatever." And he's going, "Help, Joyce. Jimmy wants me to show him my titties, but I don't want to do it." Jesus Christ. I hated this because I also hated knowing that they were supposedly friends before all this and everything. And it's just like, get this kind of guy away from your life. Every, yeah, I mean, literally, <laughs> just throw this guy in this the, is into a jail. Ba- you, this is a bad he dude. Has, he has no good side. This There's is no, terrible. Like, and it's your best friend's husband. Jesus fucking Christ. Ugh. That's he's, your he's wife's like, best friend. I mean, it's like yeah. also. I mean, obviously, he's a he's a garbage man. He's a he's a doorman and a garbage man. They're all like sketch comedy characters, and he's, and he's <laughs> yeah, like this, a sketch comedy. This is like, like a bad really guy. really deadpan sketch from the state. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Oh they're just there's no jokes. They're just yelling. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the sugar? I'm gonna Let's dip my balls in it. I'm gonna dip my balls in it. What do you want me to do? Dip my balls in it, Joyce? <laughs> do you know the state? The state's going on tour. It's the dip my yes. balls in it tour. Yeah, Absolutely. unbelievable. I kind of. I'm out of here. back, baby. <laughs> Teens and adults don't mix. I I ran into somebody the other day. It was like it was, I think it was on Twitter or something, and they were like. I'm watching the state for the first time. This cast is amazing, and it's like, uh huh, yeah, that's where, yeah, yes, that's the there's good. the the seed there. <laughs> Man, this first season of Saturday Night Live was packed with stars. <laughs> was this famous? Did, did, did anybody heard of this at the time? 
Uh, anyway. These guys go anywhere? You guys heard of the Mickey Mouse Club? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, <laughs> but that's, that's the, like, I mean, it's not supposed to be funny, I think. I don't know. No, it's not supposed to be funny. I was deeply uncomfortable I, I, watching it. It was funny. I was made uncomfortable just by the sheer, like, vo- volume and tone of the experiment. I just yeah. was, I was an unhappy, I was an unhappy pappy sure. watching this movie. You're an unhappy pappy. I kind of thought it was funny. Uh, he gets, he gets particularly funny uh, where he's like, because this guy also, this is, so the shit with him, he's, this is when he's drinking tea. When he's going like, Joyce, show me a titty. When he's doing that, this is when he's sober. Literally. I don't know. I feel like he's never sober. I know. Well, but they, they're they constantly going like, oh, no, Jimmy's going to be drink gonna be drinking and coking because he does coke, too. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And we finally like, get that. Pancow's like, hey, listen, if he starts drinking and taking it up the nose, take a cab home. Taking it up the nose. <laughs> I used God. to give it to guys like you in the nose in the can. In the nose I gave it to him. In the ass I gave it to him. Um, but the, we get so we get to the meat of it here. They go to the carnival together. Good times with three people who really love each other. Love a carnival setting. Uh, though. Lo- I do fun. love a carnival setting. Very fun. But Jimmy's uh, is being particularly funny. Also, what better what better type of location to mimic and kind of mirror the chaos and just absolute like mm. nonstop <clears throat> energy and just like <laughs> holy Jesus shit. Christ. <laughs> Lily knows what I'm talking about. Chaos Lily's, and nonstop Lily's energy an unhappy of the carnival. Too. Hey, baby. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the, non- the chaos and nonstop energy of my dog. Yes. But the carnival perfectly mimics that. It's a great place for shit to go haywire. And, yeah, and indeed, haywire, it does. indeed it does. Indeed it they, does. So basically, you know, Demi Moore's so excited to go to the carnival. They're like, we're going to leave our men at home. We're going to just go have a really fun time. Like, let's have some girl time, just you and I. And uh, turns Joyce turns up and is going to pick her up, and she gets in the car. And <laughs> she gets in the car and just thinks it's Joyce. And then from the back seat, he p- <laughs> fucking Bruce Willis pops up and is like, Ay! He's like I think he, Michael Myers. I think he goes, yeah, I think he literally goes, <laughs> Oh, yeah, he does a, he does a fucking Woody dumbass thing. He does a Woody Woodpecker impression. And Demi Moore's like, oh, my God. And then he starts singing the kung fu fighting song. Oh. He's, he's like kung fu literally nonstop, like hyper drunk, terrible man child in this, and it's just, it's a lot. He doesn't have a like <laughs> yeah off until button. he becomes an abusive rapist. It's yeah. not like and there's no middle ground there. No, no, he just there's just levels of awfulness. They tumble out of the van when they get to the carnival, and he's like, they're all gonna go their separate ways to just like play games or whatever. But I don't he's know. gonna I don't try know to sleep it carnivals. off. But he, but he, well, first off, he's like, well, give me the drugs and give me the money. And so he gets the drugs, the money. They all do whatever. Then he, they, Demi Moore finds them fighting. He's stumbling around. Joyce leaves. Demi Moore's like, "Well, let me walk you back to the van. You need to sleep this off." Yeah, Demi Moore's. Then Demi Moore's gambling. Uh, and she wins a bunch of money. She's winning, and then we see Joyce come up to her, kind of across the gambling. I thought this parlor. was cute because because Joyce is like we got like a signaling like we gotta go. Demi Moore's like, but I'm winning. <laughs> She's yeah. like, I'm winning. <laughs> it's like no no no. I did moiter. It's uh, it's bad stuff. <laughs> they go back there and again like throughout this whole time, Harvey Keitel keeps on like it'll snap back. You're not it's, we're not infrequently going back to Harvey Keitel. It's pretty mm-hmm. regular. Yeah. Uh, and it'll snap back and be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This detail seems a little bit off. I'm starting to get the feeling that you might be an unreliable narrator, Joyce. Mm-hmm. Oh, and she's like, no, I'm, no, I'm telling you the truth. So there it's is a- facts what I did. Jesus. They're in the Demi car. Moore. They're in the car, and Demi Moore's like, oh, is, is, what's his name, Jimmy? Johnny? Jimmy. 
Jimmy's still sleeping it off? And Probably. she's like, yeah. And they're in the car, and Demi Moore's just like nonstop talking. She's like, and I didn't think I was going to win. And then I put $20 back on it, and I made $40. Well, I only made $20, but it seemed like $40. She's like all fucking excited. Jeez. And, and then they somebody pull... is like in a good mood for five fucking seconds I know. in this movie. It was refreshing, yeah. and then they pull it's off the to the side. the one good thing that's ever happened to me. And uh, whatever the... Why can't I remember this actress's name? Glenn Headley. Glenn Headley yeah. says, I think I killed him. Yeah. What do you mean you think you killed him? Did you kill him or didn't you kill him? What are you doing? He's alive or he's dead. You got to pick one or the other. Come on. And, uh, yeah, she's opened the van door. There's blood everywhere. She used an X-Acto knife. Uh, You know, he was doing whatever. He was getting fresh with me. (laughs) I don't remember why. Yeah. Uh, Because we didn't see, we don't see, we're getting getting told this by Demi's perspective. So we just see him. He's already been cut. Uh, I I like this line where, uh, where she's like, you know, a little bit, Cynthia is a little frazzled. Or whoever... (laughs) Joy, Joyce, is, Glenn, Joyce is Glenn Headley. Joyce Cynthia is Glenn. Is Joyce is a little frazzled. She's like, he grabbed me by the throat, so I just cut him on that that that, that jugular. <laughs> I just gave him a little cut on the jugular, just oh, you know, boy. you know how you do a little you know, love, like, just like a you little do. love tap on the jug. I like later when Demi Moore is getting die. A, when she's <laughs> a clip and die. A clip and die. When when she's telling John Pankow what happened, uh, and he's he's like, "Well, Joyce, she stabbed him with a razor," and he's like, "How do you stab somebody with a razor?" It's like, she's Jesus like, Christ! She's like, "I don't know, like, 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 like <laughs> yeah." It's fucking crazy. It's just like, oh, it's just agony. <laughs> it's agony. So then they they go dump. Everyone's they, freaking out. In this yeah. movie. <laughs> they go dump. That's pretty much what the whole movie is. Is just sort of like these two ladies do a. Uh, they do a moita. They do a moita. Accidentally do a moita, and then yeah. like. And then to me, to me, more basically is like help, gonna help her. They get rid of the body, so they they dump the body. Then to me, more takes the van and wipes down the like washes yeah, out the van. Like, why, right. like, why we gotta go to get our story straight. Yeah. We gotta she, get our story straight. She's like I begged her to go to the police. It just doesn't work mm-hmm. out like that. And then it's just like one of those things where like oh uh, the friends you know. Fall, their relationship, you know, the relationship spirals out of control. Yeah. Spirals out of control. Glenn Headley becomes more and more paranoid. She's popping pills. She's, she's out of control. She's not sleeping. She she's threatens like, to kill Artie. Yeah, she thinks Talking everyone about is knowing. And th- she's she's a she says herself she's a bad liar. And yeah, she is really bad. She's really they're, bad. They're at really it. bad at this. I like the. Uh, but it's before DNA. Like yeah, so, yeah. it's like you could probably get away with shit like this if you don't talk. Yeah. Like I saw when I saw Jimmy Moore clean in the van because she goes and she she scrubs the van for two hours. Two for fucking two hours, hours. She scrubbed this van, which isn't that long for like a murder yeah, scene. Right, you know, but it's like, like oh. But like ooh. you know, I watch a lot Go of forensic back. files. I watch a lot of like cold Dateline. case files. And this shit, is the worst Dateline. episode of Dateline and I've so ever seen. And so watching her clean this van, I was like. They're gonna fucking find something. Yeah. But and then I had to be like, oh, this is 1991. Like yeah. the whole DNA was like in its infancy. It was a whole different thing. And you could pretty much get away with. They it. They were two if years you, away if, from cloning dinosaurs. If you spent two fucking hours cleaning the van, so God, good for her. God hadn't invented DNA yet. No, the, he hadn't. The uh, <laughs> he would get to it soon. <laughs> Man, <laughs> this is this is an unpleasant movie. But anyway, so <laughs> I, didn't, I did. I think it's trying to be like a. Kind of a hardcore blue collar sort yeah, of nasty, something. kind of a kitchen of life, sink thing. But I think it's too silly, and I, I can't take it seriously at any point. So I, I found it amusing. In one that of regard. one of my probably my second favorite moment after the uh, the the fight over the laundry detergent is uh, is when is when it turned like <laughs> Demi Moore comes old. home and finds that Artie has indeed been murdered. Artie, that's right. And uh, and it's like I think I I forget who's with her. It's like one, some of the one I think it might be Frank Vincent might be with her. But anyway, uh, it's like this. It goes slow mo. The sound drops out. There's you know flashing police cruiser lights all over the place. 
and and uh, it's just you know this the sad violin music. Demi Moore realizes that yeah, her, her husband's been her. murdered, and she goes. Oh my god! But it's silent. But you see it in slow motion, and like her accent, you can actually hear it in your mind. God. It echoes the hallways because of your god, mind. god looks different than God. Yeah, this it's, in, it's god. in my mind palace. God. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's like, oh it, my, god. is that my daughter in is there? Is that my toy? Is that my <laughs> panko nice. in there? Oh god, it's brutal. Um, also, there's a scene earlier where she comes into her house and her husband and his friend are. Si- I just love the scene. They're just sitting down. They both have oh, like right. glasses of whiskey and then a big like one of those old wooden bowls just full of cheese puffs. <laughs> I <laughs> like yeah, that no, too because living. and they're talking. They're talking to the. It's like his business associate yeah. or like his coworker or whatever, and they're talking about Jimmy being murdered. Yeah. And the guy's like, "Pardon my French, Cynthia, but these people are fucking animals, <laughs> and we should tie them all up and throw them into the fucking river." And he says some other like horrible shit and it's just like it's crazy oh my god (laughs) we just meet this guy for like for like two minutes and this is what he says and I, pre- I think, like from his, pres- I think he's ba- basically just talking about crooks. Yeah, and they're you can, and they're just sipping whiskey and cheese puffs. But you can probably extrapolate more like than that. What kind of crook he but might it, be talking but about? Anyways, fucking animals. If you'll excuse my French, they should line them all up against a wall, slice them open, and spread their gu- <laughs> yeah. their guts out on the Palisades Parkway. And it's then, an unpleasant image, I know, <laughs> yes, but <laughs> it's an ugly picture, I know that. But God, <laughs> I mean, come on. Oh, no one is okay. And I think it, it's literally when he's, no one is okay. When he's talking to when he's talking to Panka, they're having some conversation, and for whatever reason, uh, John, Jonathan Panka goes cavi temptor, yeah, and, then and the, guy the guy goes, goes no, it's caveat emptor or whatever. I'm from Jersey. I don't know that shit. Caveat <laughs> emptor. I don't know no fucking French. God damn. Uh, oh man, at least this yeah. is fun to talk about. I think it's fun. I thought it was fun. And, and, and we talked about this before we started recording, but it does get to a point, like, towards the end that I thought that it had moments that were actually very good. Yeah. Uh, like, it starts to kind of build. Especially at this point when now you realize that the reason she's being interrogated is not about who killed Jimmy. It's what happened to Artie. It's what happened to Artie, uh, who, who definitely got killed by Glenn Hayes. Joyce absolutely I mean, murdered him. stuff that changes with the twist, but that doesn't. Yeah. Uh, and they're constantly, like, looking at each other mm-hmm. meaningfully through... Uh, Oh, I forgot to mention Joyce's lawyer, his shady lawyer, fucking Lionel Hutz of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> There's a really funny moment where, where like this very important piece of evidence, which is like the books from the hair salon, are, are need oh, to be yeah. turned over, and uh, and the lawyer is like, so uh, will you go get me the books? Uh, he's he's like got some strange accent. That's right. And uh, and. Because uh, we, we need those right away. And she's like, well, I can't do it today. I'll do it tomorrow. And he's like, okay, and just walks off. Like <laughs> This guy is like, Avi, he went to Hollywood upstairs lawyer school. <laughs> she's Yeah, she's basically like, I need more time to fix them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Um, but yes, we, we eventually build up to the moment where Harvey Keitel, find, he, he never gets a, a direct confession out of her or anything, but he's like, I think your story's bullshit, and, but like, uh, technically, I got nothing, I can't keep you here, so you can go ahead and go, uh, but don't leave town, because uh, I got my eye on you. And then she just, and, th- and this is how it happens, like, there's no... It's pretty empty. Well, stuff. yeah, it does. It's not like a real like she leaves. She just leaves, gets and then into her car. she's about to get. She's about to drive off, and then also she it's just. Christmas time. That it is, is Christmas, it's a Christmas time. Movie. It is a Christmas movie. Uh, and she's, Merry Christmas, and then she just right? recalls what really happened. 
And then she just, yeah, she looks in the mirror and just goes like, now I'm starting to remember what really happened. I don't think she's starting to remember. I think she's just like, Coming to just like it's in just the, for in us. The sequence of the movie. Uh, yeah. She's like, now it's time for the for you to find out, odd viewer. Yeah. And then uh, and then we find out and it's kind of like, Meh. Yeah. It turns out that the, the roles were reversed. Joyce was the one who was gambling at the carnival and winning. Yeah. Uh, Demi Moore went back to check on Jimmy. He tried to assault her. She defended herself and cut him in the throat with a uh, box cutter. Yeah. He died. And then Joyce was like, let's just go through with it. Let's hide the body. Yep. And we'll get our story straight. And that's the only real difference in the detail. And like we were saying earlier, like yeah. I think they could have actually, if they'd just gone to the cops... I think it would have been okay. I think so. But I mean, well, obviously, I no know. one was rooting for him. Yeah, no, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you know, like obviously, that was the fateful. That was the fateful decision. But there's also a part that's the the, the most interesting part about it. I think really is just Joyce is like, uh, for, uh, she hates. She does hate the guy. Like Demi yeah. didn't tell that part of the story wrong, but she is just sort of like, you killed him. Oh no! Jeez, oh, what are we gonna do? <laughs> but then, but then she goes, was he trying to fuck you? Yeah. And then Jimmy goes, I don't want to talk about it. She's like, was he trying to fuck you? She's like, yeah. And she's like, all right, now I'm on board with this. Yeah. So so we can toss him out of the car and all this sort of I, shit. I also liked, uh, I liked, uh, wait, let's go, maybe he's okay, let's just check on him. And she's like, no, no, he's he's asleep. Well, is he asleep or is he unconscious? Yeah. There's <laughs> <laughs> a difference. Oh, man. But it's, but it's like it. Uh, like we discussed earlier, like it doesn't change things that much. No, it doesn't it's materially change It's not like it really anything. warped where you go like, oh, fuck, this changes everything. Like this, now I'm seeing those a whole different side. Yeah. And the, I feel like you're supposed to, you're supposed to be like, uh, you know, if only this, if only this, if only they just done the right thing here or whatever, uh, then John Pankow would still be alive. And you're like, ah, eh. <laughs> Artie? Okay, yeah. We we love Artie. He doesn't <laughs> even know caveat emptor. Not God's Lenny. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, so it doesn't really have a lot of impact just because I feel like, well, you know, she'll probably get away with this and then she'll be free. <laughs> but Joyce, but Joyce definitely did murder her husband. Yes, as like because and Joyce kind of spiraled you know, out of control. Presumably, no. now now we really just don't. There's just big gaps in the story now because yeah. we heard it all from Demi, and that story was bullshit. Sort of. I think you can extrapolate that most of what we saw is actually true. Yeah, I think so. But the the main details of who committed the murder and why are the things that are different. Yes. Uh, and that and that uh, Joyce, you know. Got paranoid and spiraled out of control. She was popping a lot of pills. Popping a lot of pills. She was banging cocktail waitresses two at a time. Ooh. Out of control. Dogs and cats. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I don't. But yeah, it's it's very strange. And then like, and then it flashes back to her in the car after we we the audience find out what really happened, and she goes, "What am I doing?" And then she just gets <laughs> out of the car and goes back, and like she she, she sits marches down. into the office, and they look exchanges meaningful glances with Harvey Keitel and Glenn Headley. Glenn Headley, who is like full on just a murderer. Yeah. Uh, so. And then it ends with her about to confess. Somewhat unresolved, I suppose. I thought it would have been more interesting, or at least the twist would have had more heft to it, if Demi, it had turned out Demi was was having an affair with Bruce Willis. That might and, have like, been. And she like kills yeah. him out of like some sort of like jealous rage or and something. And that he like wasn't that. just like 
just shitty. <laughs> just that shitty would guy. actually change the like the story. That would change right, the kind of yeah. like tenor of the like, story are, as opposed to I don't like think it's there's, slightly at different. At no point are you like, well, this was a moral conundrum. No, like, what a predicament. Yeah, it doesn't really <laughs> switch anything. Yeah, but that would be you're kind of like, that would make you rethink things and make you yeah. rethink the whole dynamic. Uh, but then it would, you know, make her character less noble or whatever. And or if, like, Demi had killed her own husband in order to cover up the murder, you know. So, yeah, so, some, yeah, some crazy, like, wow, what actually happened is absolutely different yeah. as opposed to a little bit different. Uh, weird Maybe movie. they were getting up to a little hanky-pankow. Hanky-pankow. Oh, my God. Well, adding it. that to the list of possible Bruce, titles. Bruce Willis is a sneako creepo in this. So. He is totally a sneako creepo. creepo. for sure. <laughs> Uh, there's a part in it <laughs> because it's this kind of movie where there's just people like, uh, like I think people are going out, mm-hmm. leaving the house for whatever reason, and there's just some lady who we've never met before pops her head in in the kitchen and goes, "Watch the sauce!" <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's the sauce lady. Well, they yeah they have one in every Italian home. Yeah, exactly. the, uh, the, they have a the sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Joyce, I thought you was Greta Garbo there for a minute. Oh, oh, that's right. She's wearing she's the like the kerchief a... and the sunglasses. Yeah, yeah she looks Get great. The fucking animals thing. <laughs> and then she's like, "Who the fuck is Greta Garbo? Are you fucking around with me? Who's Greta?" <laughs> this is a funny thing. I can't, I can't entirely. Re- okay, it's like this is some of that like past history with amongst scummy people who have always known each other sort of things. And I think Glenn Hetty's. Um, no one no. can remember this woman's name. Glenn Headley, sorry, um, <laughs> sorry, but lady. no, um, Bruce Willis's brother is immediately is onto them. Yeah. Is she really? Oh, yeah, she what died happened? a few years ago. That fucking sucks. I think it was cancer or something terrible. Aww, that I'm sucks. Happy, I liked her. Um, I'm sorry, but the, but Bruce Willis's brother is like in is like kind of like is yeah, suspicious yeah, the, of the shitty brother, point. and they're talking about like Bruce Willis's brother and why he he's like he's always hated he's always hated us. Uh, since you sold him that bad acid, you sold his brother that bad acid, and then she, and then someone goes, "Bad acid, my ass." Her brother was disturbed from way back. Like he was already fucked that up in that acid. Kept bad telling acid. everybody that you were Jesus Christ, and then you jumped <laughs> off the roof because you thought you could fly. <laughs> this is Bruce Willis in the in the um, most amusing. My my favorite part was in the van when he was doing Woody Woodpecker and singing songs. <laughs> Air quotes, just very very weird. Um, but this is you better treat me nice. Joyce, you better treat me nice. He's talking to Joyce. Yeah. You better treat me nice or I'll throw a shot at your best friend Cynthia here. Whoa. He does like that term. He's used that phrase, throw a shot, into in multiple films, including the beloved The Last Boy Scout. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. He's improv in this movie. I'm thinking he's probably like 90% improv. Yep, yep. Uh, Didn't this come out the same year as Last Boy Scout, by the way? 91? 91. I think Last Boy Scouts, 90 or 91. Jesus Christ. And what, a, it, what a blessing. At one point, and I rewound it numerous times to, to verify, but Harvey Keitel does call a toilet a turlet. <laughs> you need to use the turlet? Turlet. Highly dubious. I was dubious. like, wait, hold on. Highly dubious. <laughs> Rewind. Turlet. Turlet. And I was kept, yeah. <laughs> he says turlet. <laughs> Can't verify. Uh, ratings. Oh, God. Uh, three Juds. Hmm. I, f- I found this imp- almost impossible to watch. However, I will admit that uh, it was, in a strange way, highly entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna give it like, I'm gonna give it like two and a half Douglases. Huh. Just for the rape, the let me see your titties stuff. It's it's that, gross. That uh, rape scene goes on a long time. Yeah, it's yucky. Yeah. Let's go. Let's just call it two and a half. Like straight down the middle, you know. Mm. 
Uh, and I'm going to give it uh, 10 out of 10, uh, 10 out of 10 fucking arguments about laundry detergent. <laughs> it's just in- insane to Deck me. Deck the halls, Joyce. Deck the halls with Bowser's Holly, Cynthia. Why don't you? Come on. Come on. Uh, I'm going to give it two and a half. I, I think it's pretty bad. Like in the second half, it picks, it kind of figures that itself out a little bit more. But then, but then you have that kind of like whiff of a twist. I just didn't think it was very good. I think that my favorite part was just Bruce Willis improving a psychopath, mm. which is just not something you see very often in movies. There's a, I think, in all of these movies, particularly the first two that we're going to talk about, you just you're seeing a side of Bruce Willis that that you don't see very often. That maybe isn't his best, but I do enjoy because I like Bruce Willis. Uh, and in this one, he's like, like we've detailed his shortcomings as a human being, but I, I, because I don't take this movie very seriously I, for the things that it's trying to say or the things that it's trying to accomplish, I, I am just laughing at Bruce Willis the whole time. Yeah. Watching it. I found it amusing. Laughing with or laughing at? <laughs> That's a little of both. Uh... I'm gonna give it. I'll give it one and a half Douglases. I mean, that stuff's gnarly, but it's you know, whatever. It's kind of like stage mm-hmm. acting type stuff. Um, and I'm gonna give it ten out of ten. Cut, nip and nick, nick and die. What was it? Clip and dies. Clip and dies. Clip and dies. Nice. You're up. All right. I am giving it three and a half Juds because <sighs> I really liked this movie i liked the chaotic energy i loved the style i really liked Demi more in it and uh i love the carnival setting it just really worked for me um i mean i don't know if i'm rushing back to rewatch it <laughs> but i dug it and it's it's making me want to c- i know you said this isn't like other alan rudolph movies but it's making me maybe want to dip into the ones on my watch list okay um i'm giving it one douglas for the creepy creepo sneako uh <coughs> You know, rape stuff. I'm giving it 10 out of 10 powdered donuts from Duncan. Yeah. Hell yeah. Excellent. <laughs> oh, well. Wow, we spent a lot. I feel like we spent a lot of time on Mortal Thoughts. Yeah, that, yeah. Well, there was a lot to fucking there talk about, Emily. Mortal, there was a lot of Mortal Thoughts. Oh, you got a thoughts. problem with spending a lot of time on something? Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, you should be sorry. Otherwise, you're not sorry enough. I'm going to throw a shot into Travis over here. He'll do it. He means it. I don't know how to respond. Uh, oh, well, oh! I, I don't know how to respond to a movie like The Jackal. Six years later comes The Jackal. I suppose we were all dangerous people, but he was uh, different. There's supposedly a killer for hire who uses that name, but we've never been able to prove if he even exists. Can you kill this person? Yes. This man was ice. How much? Seventy million. They call him the Jackal. They don't know who he is. The CIA can't track it. But we have a physical description. At least that isn't going to change. He's got a lot of faces, this one. No KGB member has ever seen him. But he's about to meet his match. Declan Bull Queen, IRA sharpshooter. He's currently serving time for some old weapons charges. Who are you really looking for? The pro. Calls himself the Jackal. I can identify him by his face, more importantly, by his methods. He'll likely be using four false identities. Three will be on him, and one in reserve at a drop box somewhere. Enjoy your stay, Mr. Hazlitt. Thank you. I will. This is a remote firing station. You can send off 100 bullets before the first one ever hits the target. That is state-of-the-art. <laughs> Run. Was it 1990s? 1997? 1997. Michael, Michael Catton... 
Catton Jones. Michael Catton Jones. Who did Basic Instinct 2. Yeah. Also, he did this movie that I watched that came out in like 2019 or whatever called Our Ladies. And it's about uh, a bunch of <laughs> Scottish prep school girls who like go yes. on a, a field trip and they're like, I don't know. It was like a really cool, just like girl friendship movie, which I thought was a strange. Looking at this guy's other movies, I thought it was a kind of a strange outlier, but I liked it. He has a varied film film career. Like he had a real shot at it and did some stuff that was good, and then I mean, kind of he... got pulled into just doing commercial stuff. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's he's, not like he really had a place. vision. He just had a <clears throat> a knack for directing whatever someone threw at him, maybe. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's, hard, it's hard to get a Jones. beat on him. Michael Catton Jones, but we've done a couple of his movies. Uh, obviously, you know. Uh, oh, he did, he did Rob Roy. He did This Boy's Life. He did Doc Hollywood. Oh, weird. He's all over the fucking map. He is map, all over this the guy. map. Memphis I, Bell. And you know what? Good for him. I bet he got that paycheck though. Yeah. I bet he got the bag. I bet he secured the bag, if you will. And then it's Basic Instinct too, and that's kind of it. Then it's off the TV. Off the TV, except land for, for the him. Scottish prep school except girls for the movie. Scottish prep school, but uh, you know, like I don't, I don't know if I have a whole lot to say about him. He seems, he seems like a perfectly comp- competent journeyman hack. Yeah, good for him. Rob Roy was considered very good at the time. This Boy's Life also considered. Good I've movies. heard of This Boy's Life. Rob Roy, I know that's a bar in Seattle. Doc Hollywood has a classic PG thirteen comedy nudity, which is one of the last movies to do it. What do you mean? Uh, or just like for for a long period of time there, like basically the '80s, if there was a comedy movie out, it was like you needed to get boobs in there. Oh, of course, and it was that doesn't make sense in hindsight, but you expected it when when I was a kid. We're watching a comedy. There's got to <laughs> be, be boobs. Yeah. At some, even if it was PG, there would be boobs, and they would find a way to get them in there. And, and that was one of the one of the last ones to mm. do it. And it is and it is very strange if you watch it now, where like it's this cute movie where. A, a, uh, a Hollywood guy goes out to the country and finds out that it's quaint, and, and he likes it. And boobs. then there's a naked lady. You're like, oh, and also that. So that's good. It's a nice, well-rounded uh, view of life. Uh, I didn't know jack shit about the jackal. Me either. Uh, before going into it, I didn't it. know jack all. I didn't know jack all about the jackal. About the jackal. That's good. Yeah. I like that a lot. Uh, and I, for some reason, assumed it was going to be really, really boring. I think people told me, like, I would say, I'm going to watch the jackal, and people would be like, ugh. Maybe they assumed it was going to be boring Maybe. too. Maybe it wasn't though. We got Bruce Willis in a variety <laughs> in a variety of different looks. I'm not trying to say it's good. It's crazy silly though. It's silly. It's fun to watch. Also, oh, I think it's over two hours long. It's close, I think it's, it's like close two hours and two minutes. It or might something. be a little over two hours. Definitely too long. Yeah, a and, it do, too long. and it does become boring in the last uh, in the last act. We do get Jack Black in there. I mean, that shit with Jack Black. Oh, my God. I'll be posting it. We probably want to wait for Matt to come back before we really go into oh, the yeah, Jack Black. But some shit, there's some touch. shit that happens with Jack Black that I was, it was <laughs> among my favorite things, like crazy things that we've that I've seen in, in like one of these movies that we do. There's a lot of kind of cool stuff in this. There's a lot of weird, cool settings like the, the Swanky Club. We got the internet cafe called Siberia, which I really loved. That's pretty good. That was rad. It's like with a CY? Yeah. Yeah. Like Siberia. Yeah. Cyberia. During that like five year period of time when internet cafes were a thing. I remember going to internet cafes. We had to do it. We had to go to them every day when we were in Europe. You had to? Pretty much. Well, was, you, know, you were forced was, to go to internet cafes every day in Europe. Go- the governments over there sucks. have a lot more control over their citizens. <laughs> they can force you to go to internet Especially cafes. when we were split up and stuff because that was the only way for us to communicate with each other like yeah. when we weren't together. Yeah, yeah, you had to coordinate and you'd want to talk to... You know, people back home and all this sort of shit. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> all the different internet cafes of the world. Loved internet cafes. Do you remember SureShot? I in do. The U District. Mm-hmm. Remember they had Let's a bunch of a computers you could pay to use. 
The place was rad. R.I.P. Rip. Rip, rip, rip. All right. The Jackal. Well, this movie is based on the screenplay for The Day of the Jackal. Yes. A very, very oh. different kind of movie than this fucking thing. I didn't know that. I like I how this starts right so out with a, with a shitty 90s, like, seven rip-off opening credits. Love it. Love yeah, it. Absolutely. Seven rip-off. From Michael Caton Jones. What is he known for? Uh, we we just kind of oh. briefly went over it. Basic Instinct <clears throat> 2. That's right. Uh, he did this movie about Scottish prep school girls called Our Ladies that I really liked. And then we were kind of looking Memphis, it over. M- Memphis Bell. Doc Bell, Hollywood. Yeah. This Boy's Life. Doc Hollywood. This Boy's Life. He's kind of all over Rob the map. Roy. Oh, Rob Roy. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, his, his career is, is kind of brief and fascinating. He's a functional director. Yeah. Uh, a journeyman. Yeah, and this movie is competent. It's it's fucking. It's not poorly directed bananas, though. The script is weird. It's it's strange. I found it almost like transcendently boring. Like mm. it's kind of dull. I, I only thought it was time. boring in the last third. I mean, it's silly, but like not in a really. I don't think it's as impressively silly as you seem to. Well, I mean, our yeah. threshold for what we're, for the kind of silly that I we're looking that's for. Travis, is, I think you're different. being outrageously dumb right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I appreciate the candor. <laughs> but uh, but it is like. Gets sturdy, I guess. You know, well, I don't think it's that good as a movie, uh, but it just kept on layering in details where I was just like, I can't, I can't not like this. Right. I mean, a Richard Gere has an Irish accent in it, mm-hmm. and now oh let me God. just say, let me just fucking Declan say, Declan Mulqueen. That yeah, Declan Mulqueen. Let me just say this about Richard Gere's accent in a little movie called The Jackal. So like, I'm not an actor. Famously. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What? I know. Hold this on, is going to come as some surprise. I'm Hold the phone. Pull the other one. I haven't done any research either. Jesus so here's Christ. me. I'm going to do. so unlike you. I'm going to do an <laughs> Irish accent right now. All right? Not an actor. Don't do it oh professionally. God. Don't okay. do, Didn't research uh, how to do an Irish accent at all. Don't know how to. Never been to Ireland. Barely talked to any Irish people. Okay, so what we're going to do is get together some guns and go do this thing. That's Richard Gere in this movie. He did exactly as much work and is as successful Are at doing an Irish accent. Are you saying Irish accent is not very good? <laughs> it's he it's is so fucking, lazy. He sounds like the leprechaun. They're literally after his lucky charm. It's like, like a casual, it's hmm. like an American's casual comedic impression of Irish people. I will. I will agree with you in principle. I will say it's got, in the, in the department of bad Irish accents... Mm. You have a lot of competition. Absolutely. It's got nothing on Brad Pitt in The Devil's Own. I think Brad Pitt is trying h- harder. That, and that's, that's neither and here nor there, well, No, that's, that's like why it maybe is more ostentatious. And it's got nothing on Tommy Lee Jones in Blown Away. <laughs> Richard Ge- Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck Tommy Lee Jones is doing. I think for sure Brad Pitt over... <laughs> I over don't per- care. Yeah, I think... For, I don't care. Brad Pitt over for sure overprepared... In Devil's Own, and, and it just sounds even worse because of it. Uh, I don't know what the fuck Tommy Lee Jones is doing in Blown Away. And I think in this one, Richard Gere, it, the, it, the, the best part about it is that he's not trying very hard. So you don't, it's not like overbearing. You, but it is, It is like an like like I said, just like yeah. a guy going, oh, I can, do, I can do an Irish accent. Oh, hello, how's it going? I'm from Ireland. It's like, that's what, it's, that's I think, what it is. I think you also, get the fun, one of the fun parts of his Irish accent is you get to put it right up against Diane Venora's Natasha Fatale Russian oh. accent. You, what do you do here, Declan Mulquin? They have scenes together. They have some scenes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and like, the, the like... I go through much shit in Russia. Well, you know, I was a part of the IRA too, and you're like, hey, what, I'm living in a cuckoo clock here. <laughs> This is the shit that I fucking love. I mean, this stuff well, happens. Uh, yeah. Or like, yeah, like you said, the sort of the slow accumulation of silly detail in yeah. this is really good. Like, 
you know, you meet Diana Nora and then she turns her face and she's got like this horrible flame burn on her face and it's like, Jesus Christ, they're going for it here. It's one thing after another. Yeah. You know who's in this movie? Jack Sydney, Black. Sydney, oh, Sydney Poitier. Beyond, before oh, we yeah, even get Sydney to that, Poitier. Sydney Poitier is uh, basically the, star, the hero of this movie. The deputy director of the FBI who is in the field. <laughs> Sydney Poitier, the fucking... Legend. Also, this is you guys, such a stupid movie. I have and it's a question. Got yes. There's a lot of these movies where a main guy and someone everyone seems to know is the director of the FBI. Mm-hmm. Do we know who the director of FBI is in real life? I don't right now. I don't either. Uh, Declan Mulqueen, <laughs> I believe. I, don't, I certainly and don't also, know. Also, what's this? What's the, what's the real director of FBI's life like? Like, is he? Is he that? Wasn't I know he's so. important. Wasn't Comey the FBI director? Yes. So sometimes they're like, they're occasionally also, famous. It's like Louis Freed. George Tennant might have been the George Tennant. FBI. I don't believe was the director. I don't know. No, I don't director care. of FBI. Either way, I'm but sure how he's I don't doing. think. But what I do like in this Christopher is Christopher Ray. No, that guy. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, I know Chris. <laughs> Uh, the uh, the 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 thing that I like in this is that is the, the the trope that I enjoy in this is that like Declan Mulqueen like here comes the dep- here comes Sidney Poitier the deputy director of the FBI and Mulqueen is like ah it's you my old friend or nemesis or whomever yeah Sidney Poitier deputy director of the FBI ah yes that's right Mulqueen it's me remember before when we had a some kind of relationship yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just also boring. And why do they want Mulqueen? Because the jackal killed... Or no, the jack. He knew the jackal at some he point. He knew the jackal. We never really jackal, find out what was going on. The jackal sort of like worked with and against the IRA right. when he was when he was up to the and IRA monkey show. And his ex girlfriend, Isabella, is on the run and knows how to can identify yeah, the jackal. Has seen his yeah. face because yeah. the jackal is like the world's. Like he's best the, the and most mysterious. He's the master of disguise. He is the, the the most mysterious, uh, best like for hire assassin. Because he's not I like mean, he's based he's on the real life himself. Carlos the Jackal, who yeah did not his reputation was sort of inflated by law enforcement as well. Sure, but was responsible for a lot of crazy shit. He lived he lived a colorful life. He did he, he did indeed. There's that <laughs> really gonna watch that five and a half hour like Olivia Isaias Carlos. It's fucking incredible. Great. Anyway. Um, the 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 yeah they want he she's seen him and they they think that well the the jackal has been contracted to kill somebody we don't know who it is yeah it's revenge someone important yeah. we see the we see the at the beginning they um Diane Venora I think this takes place this is in Russia yes and and this is during that uh, weird like maybe five to ten year period of time after the wall fell and before Putin. Where everybody, like movies in particular, were like, we're going to be friends with Russia now. Yeah. I mean, they got their little problems. It's the Wild West over there. But we're going to help them. And we're like Americans and Russians, hand in hand. Yeah. Dealing dealing with Russia's shit over there, like before things kind of snapped back to status quo. I like how, I like the master of disguise and the Russian backdrop that hasn't come, this hasn't come with the saint. Oh yeah, that's right. Well, another really ridiculously terrible that they movie. Actually, shot in Russia. Or I something believe they shot some it? stuff there. Yeah. Um, but yes, so there's like a nightclub scene, and uh, they they, they're going to bust, oligarch they're gonna bust some oligarch mafia guy. Sorry, I got and distracted reading about the director of the FBI. <laughs> He's <laughs> oh, kind no. of a piece of shit. Don't go down that rabbit hole. All right. Anyways, uh, I'm here. <laughs> but Diane Venora has a you know gets in gets into a squabble with this guy like on the ground and this is after he says some very mean things to him this is fuck you you scar-faced cunt jeez yeah very rude this is really mean to him 
And then she gets gets into a fight with him. He's gonna kill her, and she pops him. And but like, and so this this guy has powerful friends. In fact, I think like his dad is like the chief, the chief scary guy in Russia or something like that. Well, I think it's the brother of of the the leader or something, right? Something like that. Oh, you know, he's like he's, the little brother of the main bad guy. All we need to know is that uh, <clears throat> he, he, they they put Diane Venora. And uh, Sidney Poitier really pissed off a very powerful, yes. powerful Russian psycho guy. And this Russian psycho guy hires the Jackal, yes, who doesn't work for cheap. He works in this 70 case seventy million dollars, million dollars, half now, half one. He's damn delivery. good at what he He's does. He's the best, though a consummate killer. He is surely no gentleman, mm. as he is described as. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and that's pretty much the whole thing. Uh, I, I would also like to point out because this movie has so many subtle, tiny. It's the the little things. But uh, Sidney Poitier is introduced in this movie speaking Russian. Mm-hmm. So he's like... It's a good accent, too. Das Vidanya. Stolchenaya. Whatever. Tahiti. And Lisbon, Scotland. And Tahiti. And Tahiti. But just like him with that... with Sidney Poitier with that cadence speaking in Russian. Yeah. Come on. I'm like... I'm grinning ear to ear at this point. And this is like two minutes into the movie. And then the rest of the whole movie is Carlos uh, the Jackals, Bruce Willis's attempts to assassinate the F well we think right yeah assassinate the FBI director but it turns out somebody else in a minor little twist yes that he is actually trying to kill someone else yeah we get these little twists that don't really make a difference in these movies huh yeah. <laughs> they go, just yeah, like, I guess so we sure. thought he was gonna kill this one person that we haven't met that we've barely met no he's trying to kill another kind of Good person thing who's that doesn't similar. affect the fact that we've been trailing him this whole time and it's still that guy that we need to stop yeah <laughs> yeah Absolutely. We see, and we see Bruce Willis in, in many disguises. Oh, yes. It's very fun. Executing his plans, which include uh, st- like painting and unpainting a minivan. Oh, love that. That, um, that minivan gets a lot of play. He's a fisherman named Mr. Hayslip, and he's kind of like a bro. The, the, my, my, I mean, he plays, we get to see him in probably like 10 guises. Mr. In this, Murdoch, who buys used cars. Mm-hmm. My absolute favorite one is he is a fat Canadian at one point. Yeah, Mr. Murdoch. He, he puts on a fat suit and he's like, <laughs> you guys need me to move this, eh? Yeah. All right, eh? He take says a, t- a like four times. time over there, eh? He's like way overdoing the A's because yeah. like that's all he knows as far as, yeah. w- what do I know from hey, Canada? Hey, you guys got any poutine over there, eh? <laughs> I dropped off your package. Poutine, uh, ketchup chips there, eh? Um, he like Hockey, tries, for can I, sure. Can I get a Molson's? Uh, he like tries to seduce uh, Hoser. a gay guy that works at the FBI offices. I think yes, which proves to be sort of important, but eh. sad for the guy. He, yeah. get, he ends up getting him a connection, and like, and it is one of the things from movies around this time where you meet an openly gay character, and you're like, he's gonna fucking die. Yeah. He's gonna kill him. Yeah, uh, and I thought, I thought interestingly, I think that they sort of implied that Bruce Willis's character is gay, or or, well. or, at, least, or at least you know bisexual. I mean, he's yeah, a psych- he's a psychopath. Oh, um, but it, 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 he, he does go to bed with the guy. He goes to well. He we, we do see Bruce Willis kiss a man. We see on the Bruce mouth. Willis kiss yeah. a dude. I thought that was pretty cool. He's an actor. I, liked I was it. like, shit. All right. I liked it. <laughs> and, 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 and it doesn't appear. It. And, and it does appear that you know this yeah. is a, this is something that he would maybe be into under non business. Uh, sure. So that's mildly interesting for '97. Uh, I believe that might come from the uh, from the. I was gonna say, is Carlos the Jackal? Like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it, it ends. It ends with a, like one of the only parts of this movie that was because this whole movie is a silly lark. But mm-hmm. then the way that this gay character is kind of like dispatched is like, oh, yeah, not great. God. The, so, uh, the I really I really like the whole the whole uh, Gatling gun subplot. That's 
because yes. I mean it is the best part of the movie. Just but like first he goes uh. he he goes to the bank <laughs> to yeah. to get his money wired to him or whatever. Yeah. And then he's like, I need to use your computer, Mr. Bankman. <laughs> and he's like, Of course, whatever you want, go ahead. And uh, he and said, he's, no problem. And he sits down in this bank manager's like see this like you know Swiss bank manager's office, lights a cigar, and he's like talking to the computer. I need yeah. a big machine gun. And the computer's like, Well, we have this one. Why is it a talking computer? <laughs> and he's like, That's too heavy. What about this other big one? Mm, not man portable. What about this? Oh uh, yeah, I'll take that. That'll be two hundred thousand dollars. It's very okay. expensive. And he goes, Okay. I will, we will arrange to have the. Why is the computer talk? What's and then he just he's like, send it to this address under care of Robert Murdoch or whatever, and that's the thing. And then he like this is a huge part of his plan. So a lot of this movie is just finding the gun and getting it. And yeah. then, like, then he and then he takes it to Jack Black. He's got to rig up a, a thing. Well, for he's it. designed a a, he's designed it, and yes. he needs Jack Black to build it for him. <laughs> or he yeah he needs the thing that like and, rotates and the, the gun. Uh, and the like the the computer control yeah. for the gun. Jack, and Jack Black Jack is just Black like is, a four higher design control he's like tech a boy. Fucking balloon head. He's hundred hundred percent allowed to be like Jack Black. Yes. Like whoever put whoever put him in this movie knew what his deal was. Yeah, and was. it was like, let's get that guy. Or at the very least, Jack Black was like, Hey, do you mind if I do this kind of stuff that I do? And they were like, Fine, whatever. Yeah. And so he's like he is a Jack Black character. He's like parties and says rock and roll. I half expected him to be like Bruce Willis is like, I'll give you fifty thousand to to build the gun for me right now. Uh, that sounds pretty good, Bruce Willis. All right, I'll see you later. Snoogans. Snoogans. <laughs> he belches. Like, oh, at one point, he's just like, you need me to design this thing for you then? <laughs> there you go. It's Jack so Black, bad. baby. Uh, but th- but this because <laughs> Okay, so I had this feeling. And I'd never seen... I didn't know shit about this movie. I'd ne- certainly never seen it before. But as soon as he was introduced, I was like... We're gonna, we are gonna get a scene where Jack Black gets blown away by Bruce Willis, yeah. and we do. But I had no idea. You had no idea it was gonna be this. How it's gonna good. be Chef's kiss? You, you know it's gonna you didn't happen. You know the feast that was about to be laid out before but, you. But I mean, a veritable God. horn of plenty, if you will, a cornucopia. Really Hell yeah, they spall. What a bounty! They spall. Oh my Hell God, yeah, the spall. They spall. Yeah. Oh boy! <laughs> let's just uh, let's just fucking get to it. We let's do like, it. Let's you get do the it. idea. They're chasing after him, and then it's filled. With, it's pretty generic on the surface, but then it's filled with all these weird little details. But anyway, at a certain point, he's he's like Jack Jack Black. You know, cross. I don't think it's set in stone that he's going to kill Jack Black. Uh, but at a certain point, Jack Black's like, "Dude, I need to have more money." He's like, "He's like, you're making something pretty big, so I know it's probably not legal. So yes. I think the plans for this are worth a little bit of money." And like, he's right. He lightly, thre- also, he lightly threatens to narc him out. Yeah, but, but also so like, you're Bruce Willis, with the wrong guy. Bruce Willis, basically, you see a little like something kind of click behind his eyes, but then he goes like. You're right. I admire that. Good. You're very smart of you. Anyways, you want to go uh, to a field in the middle of nowhere and, and Jack- try out this mega gun Jack- that I have? Like, fuck yeah, that it's sounds like, awesome. Air guitars. Let's go. Bit. I did. I did think it was. It was kind of interesting that uh, Bruce Willis, like the jackal, he kills pretty much every contact yeah. that come that he comes across, except, except for the nice black lady who makes his okay. photo IDs. I was gonna See? bring that up earlier, but then we got kind of ahead of it. But yeah. she was also pregnant too. Yeah. And before we see him do anything shitty, I was like, oh, maybe he's a nice guy because in this situation he gets the fake ID from her and he's like asking her how she's doing uh-huh. like how the pregnancy is going and he everything gives her extra money. and then he gives her like a huge tip and he's like hey be well you know 
see you later. Like, he actually like, says, I'll see yeah, you later. It was like the Next sweetest. Time. And yeah. you could tell she's like kind of tired and she's like going through whatever. And the interaction was just so wholesome yeah. I that it was to be the, noted. You'd rec- I recognize the actor from tons and tons of stuff oh, yeah. who plays the lady. She's really good. But like that scene is, an, is another just like little detail where you're like, that was pretty cool. Because right. yeah. she's really nice. Yeah. yeah. She's, t- she's like, and he's tr- like, I love your work. He's like, I really love this your is art. He's like, this is art. I love and she's and she's like, the trick this time because they changed him. Is I have to do this other thing. And he's like, oh, interesting. It's probably a 90 second long scene. And you're like, that was cool. Yeah, Yeah, it stuck in my mind for sure. Uh, but anyways, back to Jack. Uh, Black. It's time to take care of Jack Black. Now he's had Jack Black build this like stand that's gonna and, and his, yeah. the gun that he has is a giant. Fucking, it's huge. It's for like taking down aircraft carriers yeah. or something. And they're at like a fucking shooting range. Not even a shooting range. It's just like a middle of nowhere. Just, there's like pump, the there's like pumpkins or shit out to like to like aim at. He's he's trying to calibrate the, the targeting system, and so Jack Black's like standing next to him, going like, "All right, wow, like smoking cigarettes, are... just like talking his ear off." <laughs> Just being this motherfucking motherfucking motherfucker. That motherfucker is state of the art. And then he says about the gun, it's a fucking mole troll. I don't even know what that what means. What is he talking about? Priscilla talks about then, the bullets, how they spall. It's depleted spall. uranium. They spall. That's right, hell, they spall. Hell yeah, they spall. <laughs> and this is what literally I'm Jack Black says. That rocks. Man, you rock. You know what I'm saying? Rock. Oh my god. <laughs> He's so Jack Blacky in this. Who's worse? Jack Black in the Jackal, Feisty Ho in Twister. Who's the more annoying bro? Uh, <laughs> That's a tough, you know, Feisty Ho gets a lot of mileage. Jack, gets a lot of annoyance. Jack mileage Black's in more there. annoying because I feel like Feisty Ho's just he's. But we don't get to see Feisty Ho get blown away by I, a fucking huge gun. I yeah. I have to agree that Jack Black is more annoying. I also will say that I think it's because at least you get to see Feisty Ho. Yeah. You know, yeah. we don't get that anymore. No, we don't. <laughs> so. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Um, but, like, so Bruce Willis has this giant aircraft, the gun that takes down aircraft or whatever, rigged up to a remote control that he can operate With through his laptop. With a big scope. And it's got a little, like, it's got a little joystick and stuff. With a pen, a detachable pen joystick that he keeps in his pocket. Incredible. And he, he's and he's calibrating yeah. it, and he's like, it's, it's the calibration's three a little millimeters bit off. off. Yeah, three millimeters off, because he tries to shoot there. his pumpkin, and he shoots a tree instead. I like that he shoots a tree. The tree falls over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Jack Black is like, woo! And the, it hits that the pumpkin, rocks. and Jack Black's like, well, you got the target, like, technically. <laughs> yeah. Man, that would have been so cool if at the end of this movie, that was what he was trying to do. Like, I'm going to kill the first lady, but by knocking a tree over on her. <laughs> That would do it. Uh, but then he goes like, "We need to calibrate the gun, pal. Uh, run out there." Sorry, well, first, well, first he moves the gun so that it points directly at yeah. him standing yeah. next to him, like, and Jack Black's like, "Hey, whoa, you're pointing in the wrong direction. This is this is radio, not television, Hans." You know, like that sort of thing. Uh, he, he, he he's really run. stupid uh, for for a guy who was able to d- design a pretty amazing piece of equipment. He's awfully dumb. Uh, but then it, you get this shot where Jack Black well, is. He didn't design anything. Well, he built it. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool. But he goes, uh, he's running, and not only is he like a fat dude running from this guy. Oh, his pants are falling down. They they are like, or or Jack Black could have very well been like, how about my pants are falling down, dude? (laughs) I mean, I could could go either way. And he's like, there's like a little swamp he has to go through. Yeah. He's like sweating. But it all culminates, like he's all the way close to where the pumpkin was, and he's got uh, cigarettes. He's like, hold that cigarette. Hold those cigarettes out, pal. (laughs) <laughs> and we've seen that this gut, like one of these bullets, will just basically blow a tree in half. So yeah, and he's no holding real this. Precision. He's like shaking, holding this he's pack a, of cigarettes. And he Bruce does Willis tell is him, like, "Stay still." Stay he still. also sa- he also says, "Don't be afraid." And you're like, "Wow, well, okay." Dude, um, I would have been I would have been pissing be my afraid. pants. Uh, 
And then he uh, blows his arm off. He legit blows his fucking and arm Jack Black's off. And Jack Black's like, ah! ah! It's, he explodes his arm. His That's very funny. His arm's exploded. <laughs> He's got a gory, Jack Black's got a gory stump. And then, and then at a certain stump. point, he fully like uh, uh, discharges the whole gun at him. Everything's blowing up. It's pretty well, it, it's pretty amazing. I like the dummy fucking, Jack Black that gets nuked. They fucking gets Bonnie nuked. and Clyde him. Yeah. Rip yeah. him apart. It's the it's the one of the hardest he got person, pe- person getting blown away scenes that you'll ever see. It's <clears> like <throat> up there with the uh, RoboCop or something. Yeah. Where you're just like, <laughs> damn, that guy got fucking blown away. Uh, it's the I mean by far the best part of the movie. I think it's incontrovertibly the best part. Oh of the yeah, movie. it was a it was a blast. It's it was a special. blast actually. It <laughs> really was. It was a lot of blasts. And then after that, I mean. It's it's char- charms start to dissipate. Except That's like the peak of the movie. Bruce I like the part Bruce where J.K. Simmons gets blown away. Uh, yeah. J.K. S- Simmons is in this movie. Bruce Willis has another um, disguise as uh, <laughs> as a white haired boat daddy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With a boat called the Insolent Mina. And he he's he's he knows that Richard Gere is after him now, and he's like gonna gonna torment him and try to get him to back off. Yeah. So there's like a shootout at a at the at the safe house. And yeah, this has got its moments too. Bruce Willis is under the stairway. Yeah, he, he kills that guy. one dude. Oh yeah, he's yeah. like Harry Potter. He kills J.K. Simmons and he he shoots Diane Venora too. Did they sleep together, Richard Gere no, and Diane Venora? No, they just had, they just the, had chemistry. Was, they had they were catching they were feelings for each they other. They were catching feelings. They were in love. They was in love. Good I feel for, like good I'm for a, them. I feel like I may be in love with you. This is good to hear. This is good to because hear. Because I am Russian in, and the love is good. In Soviet <laughs> Russia. In Soviet Russia, love falls in love with you. Uh, Whatever the fuck. <laughs> it's the, any, there's like two or three you. scenes where they're talking to each other and you're just like, ah, yes. It's Day of Jekyll. He's <laughs> Day of Jekyll. No? Ah, yes, it's definitely the Day of Jekyll. This is like, <laughs> this is what the accents sound like. They're, we're, they're not that much better than what we're doing right now. It's crazy. Um, yes. Borscht pigs. Anyway. Uh, I think it, around the time that the <clears throat> safe house gets compromised, someone figures out that the, that there's, there's a, a infiltrator. Dude, also when she dies, <laughs> she's like dying, laying on the couch. There's like EMTs everywhere. and Like, why isn't she being rushed into the ambulance or in the hospital? They should be rushing her definitely to oh. the hospital. But she's just laying there, just like still breathing and talking. And he's like cradling her or whatever. There, what did, what did the the ambulance is there. First responders are there on the scene. Yeah. No one's fucking... They didn't really prioritize her What health. did the jackal say to you when you were dying? He said, you, you cannot protect, protect your, your women. women. Protect your women. That's a running thing. Because, That's um, sad. Because the, the Isabella that got hurt and lost her baby. This shit is, of course, this shit is, of course, personal for Richard Gere's character. Some personal information we're about to Declan Mulqueen. <laughs> And hey, like we, we, we find uh, we find out that uh, that the jackal in their dealings with each other this culminated with him shooting his pregnant wife in the belly. I mean, she lived, but they lost the child. She lives. She has a boring ass life now. She is played by some lady, some lady, some lady McGee, and her milk toast husband, <laughs> played by some guy. Yeah. I'm gonna take the kids inside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's my impression. Nobody's been more cucked until Wes Bentley in Mission Impossible Six. It is pretty wild because she's Wes like, Bentley is in Mission Impossible Six. Yes, yeah. he plays Tom Cruise's ex-wife's new husband. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna take the, the kids um, inside. At the uh, at the medical medical camp. clinic, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yes. So when she first like is reunited with Richard Gere, the husband is right there. 
Yeah. And, she's and just they like, yeah. they're not making out, but it's but like very like, close. They're like necking. They're it's, like, it's they're clearly like smelling a, each other again for the first yeah. seven years. It's clearly not we were brother and sister. It is like, no, we, we missed each other's it's like scent. The, it's like a really shitty version of uh, Last of the Mohicans when she's like, what are you looking at? And he's like, I'm looking at you, miss. Looking at you, miss. Ooh. And the husband, but the and you can see the husband, I think they have like an arrangement. Because right. at, at one point she does literally say something like, I love my children. And uh, uh, oh, by the way, she is uh, Sardinian, so I uh-huh. don't know what fucking I don't know if her accent is good or it's bad perfect. or not. Flawless. Who the fuck knows? Uh, but he's like, she's like, I love my children, and I love my husband <clears throat> in my way. <laughs> I have we, we know he's boring. I know he's a fucking nerd. It's complicated. Boros he's Noro. cool with me he's doing Boro, Boro, but he's not yeah. a Sneeko Creepo. No. He's cool with me doing whatever. Boros Noro, but not Sneeko Creepo, for yeah. sure. Important distinctions. Um, but anyways, uh, we're getting to the end game here. This is where there's a crazy twist, and it turns it's out so that, he's, that he's not trying to kill the one person that we've barely met. He's trying to kill Someone another we don't know person that we've barely met. Because Declan cannot protect his women. Yes. And like the, the first, vi- it's the lady? vice president. Like, like his no, the first lady. You're right. The first, like his the first woman, lady. The first lady. Yeah. <laughs> He's actually trying to kill the first lady. So you're like, oh, oh, huh. because I guess oh. the president ordered the. Yeah. Also, it's, it's Isabella. Vengeance on the president. When he when he meets up with Isabella, she gives him a key to a lockbox mm-hmm. that has ten thousand dollars, a fresh, uh, clean passport. And just basically a way for him to escape. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, when you went away, a lot of your friends came together and we put this together for you. And so he holds on to it. And uh, the Russian lady sees that and she's like, I know you have this. Everyone kind of knows he has this also. Yeah. yeah. I just want to set and that up. And then the sort of now we enter Endgame where like Bruce Willis, uh, he goes to DC, he kills the the gay adjutant or whoever that guy is. Oh, that guy was pretty, so excited to like unpleasant. have a date with him too. I know. And then Bruce Willis, because they like meet at a bar and they're like flirting and stuff and they like make out. And then Bruce, he like gives him his number and, Bru- and he's like, well, you're not going to call me. And Bruce Willis is like, you got to have a little faith in people. Yeah. And then he calls him and he's all excited to meet up with him. And he yeah. shows up at his house. He like tells him where the key is or something. And so he comes to his house and Bruce Willis is there, but he's just being a, a shitty guy. He's eating Chinese he's eating food. He's eating Chinese, Chinese food and watching food. the What's news. Him? And the guy's like, oh, hey, I didn't know you'd be here. He was like really excited to have this date, date with him. And then he notices that he's being shitty. And then as soon as Bruce Willis is, notices that he notices he's being shitty, he just shoots him. Well, he sees his it's face so on the TV. Yeah. Because yeah. they're like, there's a dangerous t- Carlos the Jackal guy. It all starts and falling apart. Him, and then he just. I do, I do like the implication that he, sh- he kills the guy. Oh, I it's like Korean the- food because he goes, you like Korean food? Right, yeah. He, I, I like the implication that he just shoots the guy and lets his body sit there overnight while he stays in the place, and then yeah. get you know, God. just like, eh, whatever. He's a real, yeah. He's he's definitely going for full on psychopath. Yeah. No feelings, <clears throat> uh, that sort of thing. So he's dressed as a policeman. Yeah. And he's got his Gatling gun set up in the in a parked in red van. minivan, and uh, and he uh, he basically sits down on a park bench across from this. Big uh, lectern where the first lady's going to speak, and he's going to shoot her with the machine gun. Oh, weeks earlier, though, he had stolen a parking pass from the parking lot while it was like being under construction. There's all these things because he had like scoped it out earlier. Yeah, yeah. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's got. We've watched him put his whole plan together, and then he does it, and it's like that's ah, not very exciting. You remember that movie that we did with Charlie Sheen, uh, where they it culminates with the an, an assassination attempt with a remote control helicopter? Yes, the Shadow Conspiracy. The shadow conspiracy. This is similar. That was better. Thing. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, they're about the same <laughs> level of crap. That, I mean, this is pretty fun with like a little remote control gun, but that was a helicopter. <laughs> that was yeah. a little toy helicopter with a machine gun on it. That was pretty funny. Pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, either way. Uh, and then the, any movie that has a remote control <laughs> machine, yeah. a law-abiding citizen also, rem- remote control 
tank gun sort of thing. Look, that movie's a masterpiece. <laughs> I love this. I love this kind of stuff. But that's that's his whole plan. Like he doesn't have a plan B if this gun situation doesn't work up. But they're they're hip to him. Um, Richard, this is there's a very important moment between Sidney Poitier and Richard Gere because Richard Gere's constantly going like, "You need to give me a gun if I'm going to help you with this," and he's like, "I don't trust you. You're not a." You're not on our side. We're, we're, you're doing this as part of your deal. And then by the end of it, he's like, he is a gun for you. It's actually kind of funny yeah. because they, they, he like looks at him and goes like, you're going to need a gun. And then you're like, oh, yeah, he's going to hand him like his sidearm. And then like some like SWAT guy gives him a giant uh, machine it's, gun. It's Daniel Day Kim. <laughs> is that right? It's baby Daniel Day Kim. Well, then you go, he's like, here you go. It's, I think it is. It's yeah. a 68-pound Submachine gun. Yep. <laughs> All right. And he's like, they're in this, they're in this giant helicopter, and he's like, he's like, you're gonna need to fill me in on the scope. It's been a while since I held a gun. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Massive gun. Uh, and then he shows up at the place and is like looking for him, and they, they you know, it's not particularly exciting. Um, he shoots with his new super gun. <laughs> Yeah, super gun versus super gun. He shoots the window out of the um, out of. He figures car. he figures out where the gun is in yeah. the minivan, and he shoots the window out, and then like that sort of sets off chaos. And Bruce Sydney Willis Poitier runs up and, and tackles, tackles the first lady. The first lady. Uh, the podium is getting just decimated by the machine gun. Yeah. He's like he gives the gun back to Daniel Day Kim, and he's like, take out the minivan, and then he goes after Bruce Willis on foot. Yep. They blow up the minivan, yeah. and then we get this the interminable, this long interminable chase. foot chase. I, I don't think that that chase scene was shot in D.C. because D.C. Metro stations don't look like that. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of it is special effects, too. Like, oh, my God. It looks so bad. Part, there's yeah. this crazy part where Richard Gere is like in between two trains, yeah. just like between trying to hold trains. on. Oh, man. It's, it's so scary. It's, I would have peed my pants. It looks so crappy. This is the second time I've said I would have peed my pants. There's a lot of suspenseful moments in this. Yeah, you know, I think if the, if the special us. effects weren't, weren't so uh, rudimentary, like it, it really looks Even like. Even when they're on the roof, like looking for the minivan, it's like clearly just shitty green screen. Like, yeah. oh, it looks so crappy. A lot of that in this train sequence, and and in this. I wonder if it was reshot. I think it, it, it really feels like it, because so like this this just hasn't been a green screen of Palooza up until this point, and then just like this, so much of this last scene is in front of green screen shots, and it's just like generic train shit. Like we've seen this sort of shit a million times. And yeah. It goes on and on. Like it doesn't. I don't know why it needs to go on that long. He it's grabs the, he grabs this like teenage girl as a hostage at one point. Yeah, which is <clears throat> it makes her tell him like where Richard Gere is. Part he of doesn't it, kill part her of though. Whole, I thought he was for sure gonna kill her. Yeah, it's part of his whole "you can't protect your women" theme, where he's gonna he's hitting on that again. Um, but then he just lets her go, and then uh, I and do then, like I do like the part where he's got the little girl and like. Uh, right before he lets her go, because Declan puts his gun down, and he lets the girl go, and he yeah. goes, he says to the little girl, "You're gonna remember this for the rest of your life." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she will. She, she, yeah, she probably no, will. No yeah. kidding. She will. Uh, oh yeah, I did get uh, kidnapped for a little bit by a crazed uh, uh, assassin. Yeah. I've forgotten about that. Thanks for reminding me. Um, but yeah, we get this uh, scene where he's like, "Now I'm, now I'm gonna kill you, pal. You just couldn't <laughs> do it, could you? So here we go." I'm pulling the trigger right now. Oop, better undo the safety. It, oh, here we go. Definitely pulling the trigger. And then yep. like, he got shot by who? And they do the diehard thing where you see the gun first, and then the gun focuses. Who shot the? Who shot Bruce Willis? And it's the lady. Yeah. You know, the lady the played lady. by the actor? Yeah. The la- yeah, his the, ex-wife. The Sardinian lady? Yeah. 
Did, uh, so, this, is so, the, this is the second movie. Go. Similarly to Mortal Thoughts, uh, Bruce Willis bleeds out through the neck. Mm. Oh, uh, speaking of all the bad special effects, I'm pretty sure the reason for that, if it wasn't reshoots, I'm, I don't think it was, but apparently Gear and Willis hated each other's guts. Really? No, no surprise. Because, I like that. because I like it's a, that. and it's a blue state red state thing. It's like oh. Gear's a famously you know leftist guy or left wing guy and. Bruce is a famously conservative gentleman, yeah. and uh, they didn't like each other. And uh, the rumor was at the time that uh, that they were sort of in a race to leave to see who could leave their trailer last oh, to get God. to the set. Awesome, that's like, annoying. Yeah, well, total yeah, diva that's, competition. Yeah, total, total diva behavior. That sucks. Right? Great. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. Um, there's like there's like a, an, a there was a story at the time I believe that like they'd run into each other on the set sometimes and go like, "How's your movie going?" Sure. Because they don't, they don't share very many scenes together either. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Well, good for them. Go yeah. for them. So, I mean, that's no surprise. Even outside of the blue state, red state, it's just like yeah, those two, those two swinging dick yeah, assholes right. are gonna be like starting beef with and each other. And that's the end of the Jackster. There's a part where um, somebody says about Bruce Willis's character. I wonder if we'll ever know who the hell he really was. <laughs> and Sidney Poitier goes, "We need, all, we know all we need to know. He was evil." All right. Sidney okay. Poitier's final theatrical role, by the way. Is that oh, right? Really? Yeah. Well, he gets to be the hero. He's good. I mean, it's Sidney Poitier. Yeah, he's fine. always good. There's that terrible scene at the end where he's like, you know, uh, you, you made me a hero. No one will ever no one will ever complain about anything I do ever again. They could fire me tomorrow, and I'd still be a hero. Uh, good thing you've got a passport and uh, a bunch of money. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to go get a cup of coffee, and I'll see you in about 30 minutes. You know that scene's going to happen the moment they meet in this movie. Yeah. Where you're like, okay, so I know that they're going to... Bump heads and then become friends, and then at the end, Sidney Poitier is going to go. What if I were to turn my back? And you just you just game it out. Yeah, it's very predictable. Um, this is the this is not the IRA. We don't get infiltrators. That's Sidney okay. Poitier talking about. <laughs> Mostly the lines I have is uh, are Jack Black saying "motherfucker." <laughs> uh, <laughs> Come on, he's just this one part that's very silly. If oh, you've yeah, just seen saw. movies before, where they're going like, "We need to do this, this, and this to prepare for the jackal," and some asshole in the office is like, "Come on, guys, it's just one guy." <laughs> like, all right, <laughs> haven't you seen movies before? Yeah. The movie begins with a massive attack song. There's a couple massive attack songs in, in this movie, I think, and uh, and it sounds kind of like that cult of personality, living color song, right? Where they cut in. Song clips, and so at one point it's like you know, massive attack techno music, and then it goes, and you hear Mr. Gorbachev yeah, tear yeah. down that wall in the, in the opening then, credits. <laughs> yeah, that's stupid. You're like, uh, yeah, you're watching this, and you're like, oh my god, it's weird too. Because, like, usually those kinds of opening credits bits where they, they're trying to do that seven style thing, like, there's some kind of thematic resonance with the rest of the movie, but here it's just that, like, well, the beginning takes place in Russia, yeah, yeah, pretty much <laughs> doesn't really have anything to do anything with that outside of that. And he did. Yeah. He did tear down that wall. Uh, this is Sidney Poitier talking about uh, Diane Venora, Major Koslova. Major Koslova ends the debate about women in combat, as far as I'm concerned. Very Damn. cool. Damn. Wow. Very cool. Damn, Major Koslova kicks ass. She's a, she's a hashtag girl boss. Uh, Indeed. R.I.P. Um, ratings. Two and a half. Oh, God. Judds. <laughs> I, yeah, I think your favorite Bruce Willis disguise in this movie is more of an indicator of your personality than your astrolog. And what sign. is yours? Uh, definitely the Canadian guy. Okay. okay. Well, 
What's yours, Travis? A Canadian guy. I mean, easily. I, I was laughing my ass off when yeah. he, especially that he says a like three times in yeah, one yeah. sentence. I really like uh, I like the boat the the boat, boat guy. guy. Okay. Hell yeah. There's um, a good ten to choose from. I'm a bit. I he bleaches his hair like white. I yeah. am a fan. A second place would probably be like the high and tight mustachioed guy who's buying the gun from Jack Black. Mm. Yeah. Um. Then, uh, so yeah, two and a half judges. I'm gonna give it like no, no Douglas's I don't think really. So. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything. I mean, no. let's give it a half a one for the implied sexual relationship with. Uh, with uh, really implied, wow! I can't be you guys are a bunch. I can't be given no stars for yeah, implications. I don't think it's. I don't think it's sleazy. I just think it's interesting. Okay. Um, given Doug's for. I'm giving it a half a Doug. Okay. Listen to me, Cynthia. Okay. How many Dougs are you going to oh, give? You know, go zero. It doesn't. Oh, deserve a dog now you know what you're doing. Okay. What do you want? No okay. Douglas. Oh, hey. Buff on goops. Um. And I'm going to give it uh, 10 out of 10 pumpkin-killing trees. Cute. <laughs> I have to give it three. It's, it is, uh, once again, caveats, it is a bad movie, but for the first two-thirds, I was giggling my ass off. And it was like, we like as we detailed, uh, and, and we omitted, you know, weren't able to list all the stuff. So if you watch the first two-thirds, it's not like it's good, but you'll just see one thing after another. You're like, what? Mm-hmm. It's just... I don't think it's aware. It's one of those movies that I don't believe they were like, we're going to make a crazy movie. Right. Uh, and it's just like all these details just keep stacking up that are just odd. <laughs> bad, bad bad, in the moment, in the aggregate, an entirely different story. Yeah, and I, I, I think I might have squealed with glee during that Jack Black getting blown away scene. What did more it sound than... like when he squealed with glee? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Well, Travis, Amazing. you have to remember, Travis has never actually known joy. So. <laughs> that was the closest I could <laughs> come to approximating it. I was imitating like. what I'd seen people do before. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, no, I was I was losing my fucking mind when that was... And, and just the fact that I knew that it, something like that was going to happen, oh, and right, then it was yeah. so much more than I could have ever hoped. I yeah, mean, that's yeah. just really fucking delivers. So I'll always, I'll always have a little... This movie's got a little piece of my Delivered heart. like DoorDash. <laughs> Absolutely. It's very cool. I'm giving it... <laughs> Dang. I'm giving it zero Douglases. There's uh, just nothing. And then I'm going to give it uh, 10 out of 10 bloody Jack Black's arm stumps. Mm-hmm. Ooh. All right. Fantastic. I'm going to give it two and a half Judds right down the middle for me. A, a mostly enjoyable watch, but uh, nothing to really write home about besides like some, some of those little details that probably gave it the extra half a star for me. I'm giving it zero Douglases. And I'm giving it 10 out of 10 internet cafes. Yeah. Okay. We even Love hear the it. dial-up noise, which was was something, you know? What a stupid time. They didn't fucking know. They didn't know how good, <laughs> they didn't know what, how good what things they get. were going to get. Uh, <laughs> the siege. Well, 1998. Speaking of the now here we know. are. Getting zwicky with it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Nah, 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 nah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming through. Thanks for coming through. Well, <laughs> last chance to get off before we start talking about a very problematic. Ew, and it's their last chance to get off. Oh, come on. Gross. Please. Yuck. Sorry, your last chance to masturbate before we start talking about get this. Get it movie. out. Yeah, get it out. Get it get all done. out of your you system. You don't want to have any sexual feelings going on for you, the discussion you wanna, we're about You want to have. be empty and dry as. <laughs> yeah, clear the plate. <laughs> the fucking desert. Absolutely. Because uh, we were going to talk about, what, 1998? 1998's The Siege. Hello, sir. It's Agent Hubbard, FBI. And what I propose 
is that you let these people go, and I'll take their place. I'm going to take your silence to mean that you're considering my offer. Oh, God. London, Belfast, Beirut. We're not the first city to have to deal with terrorism. This is New York City. We can take it. You don't understand. These guys are pros. From the age of 12, they've been dodging people like you. The situation is appalling. They're attacking our way of life. The president wants it stopped, and there's only one way to do that. He's saying the president is prepared to take the necessary steps. Today, with the invocation of the War Powers Act by the president, I am declaring a state of martial law in this city. We intend to seal off this borough, and we intend to squeeze it. Do you have any idea what you're starting here? Famously, 1998, Basayi. before 9-11. Yes. This movie is about if 9-11 happened, by the way. Sort of, yes. And then and it's like, what would happen if 9-11 happened? And yeah. then and it's kind of like they get a lot of things right. Yeah. And some things wrong. Yes. And then it's like, and then 9-11 did, the things, in fact, happen. The things that they get wrong sort of still happened in different circumstances. Sure, not like, not like 100, but like, it's eerie. The movie is eerie. Yes. And of course, uh, I remembered this when I was having a discussion with a coworker because you're like, where did this come from? Of course, the we all forget because they did such a better job at it the second time that they did blow up the World Center, the World Trade Center. They tried before nine eleven in ninety three, oh, and yeah. there were other there were other various smaller attacks. Sure, in the but that was years. that was I'm pretty sure that's where this comes from because it's a New York movie. Yes, time to get paid, blow up and, like the and World Trade. Like this, an executive decision have this weird thing in common where it's like this is what we thought Islamic terrorism was like. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, uh, and and it's like, uh. and it's also it's, it's also really interesting because like, again pre nine eleven. So the major like the first major attack in the movie is the bus explosion. Yeah, and that seems relatively mild. <laughs> this is <laughs> in retrospect. I think that I I don't know if I would call this movie good, but I do think it's just an amazing, fascinating. It's just a fascinating. It's an amazing artifact. This is why why movies have an importance beyond just whether they're good or bad. They're like historical yeah. Uh, yeah. artifacts, and and this is a an, uh, this is a thing that where we speculated about a thing that did happen. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I find I find almost everything fascinating about it. But what's what's amazing is this movie is really hysterical mm -hmm. in its depictions of terrorism, and the shit that happens is really bad. Like at one point they blow up a federal building, and it's like yeah. six hundred dead, and you're like, man. And then you also are like. What they actually did was way, way worse. worse. Yeah. yeah, it was way fucking worse. Yeah. They could have even imagined in this in this crazy like That's basically what I'm saying about the bus action attack. movie. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. when they blow up the bus and they're like, "This is the the world's like or the United States' biggest like terrorist attack since the Oklahoma bombings." Yeah, and I'm like, "Well, that wasn't Whoa. even that bad." <laughs> I was well, yeah. compared to you know it was yeah, great yeah. basically nine eleven it was nothing yeah exactly well, it wasn't nothing <laughs> I know please <laughs> it's funny don't come at, don't at me you guys <laughs> don't like, at me. but I mean I mean we're not gonna get into our like our stories of nine eleven and all that sort of stuff but like, needless to say yeah quite a thing that that it was so everyone everyone gather around grab grab a grab an unpeeled orange get ready <laughs> this movie very much tries to have it both ways um it like it's uh, at certain points is going like no but the muslims are a be it's a beautiful religion a religion of peace and these people are an aberration and uh it's also like you need to be afraid of muslims 
like the movie is it's very important to the movie that yes. you be afraid of this threat. Well, but at, this, a- at the same time, showing how how fucked up it is to be corralling all all of these people and and all the discrimination that they face after terrorist attacks, which Absolutely. is like what exactly what happened after nine eleven. Yes, trying to have it both ways. I mean, that's that's cl- kind of classic Zwick in a way. Classic America. Classic Ed, Ed Zwick directed Glory, which yes. I love. Also Blood Diamond. And then uh, Blood Diamond, which I, is not good, but mm. I find watchable. Uh, he's he's had after after Glory just sort of had a weird. He had an interesting career. He did a really good he movie called Courage Pers- Under Fire that I like. You like Courage Under Fire? That's right. I don't dislike it, but um, okay. So the thing, I you watch this movie and you're <laughs> like, I'm prepared for, like I expected the tokenism. Yeah. You know what I mean? I expected like, oh, well, we've got an Arab guy on the force. Oh, yeah. you know, Tony, it's Tony Shalhoub. Guy. And uh, Tony Shalhoub's actually pretty good in this. I think sure, so. Sure, it's Tony Shalhoub. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not not about that. I mean, I was and I was prepared for it to be like, you know, uh, engaging in stereotypes. Uh, I was I was prepared for the fine people of both sides on both sides kind of ambivalence. Mm-hmm. Um, I was um, prepared for it to be uncannily prescient. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that sticks out now is. Oh, they thought that we would help hold people accountable for all the bad shit that, they, oh, the, that, that the, Americans the do. The ending, this. essentially, yeah. is ludicrous. It's ludicrous. And we all learned, we all learned a valuable lesson from this. Well, you know? so a lot of the ways that this movie is, is most eerie is where, is where people are railing against things that would happen in the future yeah. that truly nobody gave a fuck about. Right. For until years afterwards. Yes. And really, people didn't. <laughs> most people in America didn't give a fuck about him then. Like no. that's those are the parts because like at one point Denzel is going like, if this sort of thing happens, then we're gonna react like this, and then the terrorists will have actually won. And you're like, uh-huh. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Uh, I I I just like thought from the get go. There's a scene that the movie opens with where there's like um well I mean a sting operation. Also, just before you move on from there, like right. when 9/11 happened, there were a lot of people that were saying like, if we respond this way, then we are like playing right into their hands. And everybody was like, shut the fuck up. We are blowing people up now. This is what we do. We're Americans. Let's go kill someone. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, this movie would be dicey to talk about at any particular time. But right well, particularly now, particularly right now, with what's going on, we're overseas. talking about this on October 29th, uh, 2023. 2023. A lot of uh, very heavy shit is going on. Uh, what Israel is calling their own 9/11. Yeah. And you're getting, well, it's, it's a, a lot of stuff. Sounds the same. It is a very terrible situation. Yeah. A lot of eerie par- I mean, like just because of the nature of this sort of dynamic, these parallels happen over and over again. That's just the way that it is. Yeah. But man, watching it, you know, six yep. days ago or whatever it was that I watched it, you're just hearing things word for word repeated from this fictional film yes. to current reality. And then you could you can contrast them with like 9/11 because yeah. all that shit that we went through at 9/11, which was 100 percent like it's great. We know that what's going to happen when we do this. We're going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. We want to kill. We're mad. Yeah. And that's kind of what this movie's about. And you have the you have the Annette Benning character who's like a really fascinating part of this like movie. A genuinely good, uh, uh, good performance. A, a well written and nuanced An character, character until she's not. <laughs> Because uh, the whole time you're like, this is an interesting person. Like, I like that they're telling this part of the story through this character. And then at the end of the movie, she's just like, no, 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 no. We got to kill him. 
<laughs> yeah. Like, just because I understand them as if they're, like, some aliens doesn't mean we don't have to kill them. I, I thought that's interesting about it. And maybe that's why that's, like, CIA-type stuff or whatever where it's just, like, this is my life. I've always been interested in, like, Palestinian people and they're wonderful people and they've suffered so much. And uh, here's what you can do to torture them to get, the, like, the best information yeah. out of them and shit like yeah. that. You're all over the place, lady. Um, but that kind of tracks. I mean, mm-hmm. that seems like you'd have to have that kind of almost yeah. sociopathic sort of mind she's definitely to be in the torture. CIA. Yeah, she's just casually, because sometimes she seems like crunchy practically, like, we just need, you know, she seems like almost like hippie type. Yeah, yeah. And then she'll be like, here's the best ways to extract information physically. Yeah, if you if you let me in the room when, with him when he's naked, she's, he's really not going to like that. And they bring up water. Yeah. They say, they don't say waterboarding, but they say, we, we get the, uh, some, some, People, some group of people in the Middle East has been getting really good information using water. Yeah, yeah. Torture, which by which I mean, you're just like, whoa, <laughs> cool. Ah, uh, that becomes a real thing. That becomes a big deal later on. Yeah. Uh, that's what the oh, whole movie's like. Yeah. Right, but to to give you an idea, like I don't want to discount how um, hysterical this movie is, even though of course it's trying to it thinks that it's being yeah yeah even handed. It's not. It's it's trying to scare you. Yes, and it's trying to make you afraid of Muslims, uh, and the, and like a, a great way that it telegraphs this, where you can like right out of the gate, I think it's like in the third, fourth, or fourth minute of the movie, you can go like, oh fuck, mm-hmm. I'm in for it, because uh, the opening scene is these uh, troops in somewhere in mm-hmm. the Middle East, somewhere like uh, kidnapping an imam, yes. a powerful imam guy, and. Uh, this is a whole sort of like where is he? This is this is basically what precipitates all this terrorism. Yes, that they, the terrorists like this imam; they want him back. The CIA is pretending they don't have him. We know that they did. <clears throat> That's just like a three-minute-long sequence of like a sting operation, <clears throat> kidnapping yeah. thing happening. And then we cut to, and, and we've been in Islamic territory. We've been hearing all this like wailing music that they always put in movies like this. Right. We continue hearing the wailing music. We see a minaret. And a, and a guy delivering prayers from the top of it, wearing Middle Eastern garb mm-hmm. from a helicopter shot. The camera pulls back. The move, the music is spooky. Yeah. And like, like they're in New like, York. And then they pull back and you see the New York sky and you're like, they're fucking here. Yeah, it's fucked up. They're here. And like that shot in itself, you're like, oh my God, we're fucking doomed. Yeah, this is bad. <laughs> oh no. Uh, and so, and again, so like. You can do have all these sh- scenes in it. You can have Tony Shalhoub being like, actually, it's a religion of peace and beauty, and here's me and my son, and we're good guys, and we love America. And all, most of them, most of these, those guys love America and all this, but oh, they, I mean, you, you had that shot in it. There was spooky music. So, and so many movies after this, even before 9-11, but after it certainly have the like, well, there's the good ones mm-hmm. and the bad ones. Absolutely. And it's just kind of like... Yeah, but <laughs> you know, your uh, your weird stereotype racist tokenism is a problem for me, no matter how you catch it. You know, here's how here's and this just this stuff is eerie because this is kind of like how people actually do talk. But so like terrorism starts happening. Denzel Washington, FBI guy, and we need Denzel to, Washington. And to lighten it up a little bit, at a certain point, we do need to talk about him eating an orange. Yes, we will. But I wanted to since <laughs> we're just on this theme, I want to talk about this one speech that he makes that just, that just kind of like has it all. Uh, where like the first terrorist act act happens, this, they b- blow up a bus. Big, they do let bus, the children and old people. And no, old people. they let the children off first, and then they jokingly, and then they almost let old people off, and then blow the whole thing up. There should have been a slide whistle when they blew it up in front of the old people. Yeah, and Denzel's there. He's like, and he's yeah. like, it's a really of, cool his, special his effects sequence. It, like, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. It's a well. Ed Zwick's yeah, got chops. Not a slouch. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so Denzel's mad, and he's making a speech uh, to his, like his whole team, and just it's like. 
I just got off the phone with the leaders of the Arab community. We have their complete support and cooperation. They love this country as much as we do. Having said that, let me say this. I want to rumble every trap, hole, market, community center, every student organization that has ever said a bad word about this country. Yeah. I want to know about them. And then his nose starts bleeding. Yeah. And then they interrogate Asif Manvi. <laughs> oh, boy. It's, I mean, this is the whole movie for you. Yeah. It's, it, you're just constantly this going, This isn't like Ugh. a fun movie. No. <laughs> yeah, it depends on what your idea of fun yeah. is. I mean, uh, the, explosions, the explosions are cool. Yes. There's The action uh, scenes are well done. I always love, I always love watching Denzel. Like, but I think Annette Bening is particularly good in this. Uh, yeah. That's, probably, that's part of why this is so troubling, is that this it has the structure and um, attitude of a conventional action movie, but it's talking about real stuff. Yes. It's especially nowadays, like at this particular and, time. And I think that at the time, it would have been accepted as relatively even-handed by a mainstream audience. I know that there was controversy about it at the time. It too. was controversial I mean, it's not like, at the it's time. It's not like, like let no, make no mistake, we are not discovering suddenly that this movie has problems. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> you know what? That movie was actually fucked up. Yes, no, people complained about it at the time. It wasn't like a hit or anything. Uh, similar sort of stuff with True Lies, but I, right. I feel like that is much more of a cartoon, and this movie is legit, like... Legit, whether or not whether it's successful. I mean, or not, both of them are insidious. Is, they're both yes. Just because I just because I love insidious. true lies doesn't make it not racist. But they're different kinds <laughs> of insidious. Like I think Jim Cameron was probably like, "What are you even talking about? It's a silly action movie." That, you know, right. like, they're not like. Well, I mean, he famously w- did write a sequel to True Lies that he was going to make, and then 9-11 happened, and he's like, eh, it's not so funny anymore. Hmm. I mean, that script, I haven't read it. I would love to read it if somebody can get it into my hands. But it culminated allegedly with a submarine crashing at the foot of the World Trade Center. That's right. That's right. Uh, so. Now's the time, though, Jim. Go. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. And it's like, you know, like later somebody asked about it many years later, and he's like, well, you know, fundamentalist Islamic terrorism isn't so funny anymore. I'm like, but was it ever? <laughs> we thought it was, a, we really thought it was a riot. <laughs> I mean, I do think that movie is deeply funny, but it's also disgustingly racist. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, th- th- this movie is maybe trying... More is more is takes itself more seriously. Is trying to say things. I don't think that movie was necessarily trying to say much about. No, this movie is about this sort of stuff, <laughs> and uh, and it's absolutely failing at trying to be like even-handed and magnanimous no, yeah, about yeah, the whole thing. Because again, it's about this really serious stuff, and it is an action movie. Yeah, as much as it's got these like these feints towards like serious um, content about like what. You know how people behave in situations like this. Blah blah blah. It's an action. It's got the structure of an action movie. Yeah. And we'll get to the ending where it has the absolutely has the ending of a movie. Mm-hmm. Where like there's a tidy resolution. Yeah. A tidy resolution to this shit. But the whole movie is is this um, uh, terrorist group. Yes. Uh, blowing and, shit up in New York. And she and Annette Bening is like the CIA spook who's like an expert in terrorist cells in the Middle East. Yeah. They don't get along. They butt they they butt, they butt heads. heads. And, and also Denzel like, is FBI. The the response too is like, well, we have to cut off the head of the snake. And it's it's and like, no, that wait, we all know that doesn't work. <laughs> but um and then Tony Shalhoub is like his partner. And uh that becomes a big problem. Uh because later the martial law happens after they blow up a federal building. Martial in New law York City. led by fucking Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. That's where Bruce General Willis comes into Bruce it. Bruce Willis. Yeah. What's his What's his character's name? General whom? General Dickhead. General Dickhead. <laughs> I keep wanting to say General Hummel, but that's from The Rock. Yeah. 
no, it doesn't matter if I have it. I don't know. But he's it's it's like a real supporting role for Bruce. Devereaux. Yeah, that's right, General Devereaux. And uh, you know, he he's and he's like doing this thing where uh, he's like, look, I, I didn't want to do martial law here, but I'm going to do serving it, and I'm going to do a really good job of it. I'm yes. doing anything to serve my country, yeah. and I'm not asking questions. Yeah, he's he's actually a lot like um, like Roman consuls and stuff like that, where they would where they'd always be like, I don't want to do this because uh, I don't, you know, I yeah. actually take I'm the only one who here who's an adult who takes it seriously, so don't put me in charge because I don't want to do the stuff. Yeah. And then the people go, well, a person who has a attitude yeah, yeah. like that is the sober one, so there's, we put him in charge. There's an absolutely a line in this movie where he says that. Yeah. Yeah, and meanwhile he's he is kind of bloodthirsty. Like before things really hit the fan, yeah. and where he's just sort of like there to liaise with Denzel, he's introduced kind of talking like this, uh, where he's like like Bruce and Denzel knew each other maybe in the past or something. He's like, God, duty, honor, country. Remember, where on Capitol Hill or Wall Street or Hollywood have you heard anyone utter those phrases in the last ten years? And they're like, <laughs> when's uh, the last time in in Capitol Hill they said God <laughs> and country? I'm pretty sure they say it all the time. Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah, and then he talks shit about just between me and you, Elise, who is Benet Benning's character. Well, it's one of her kind names. Of. Wouldn't know the difference between a shake and a prophylactic. <laughs> There's a kind of condom called, called sheiks. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, that line's really weird too because he explains what he means by that. He does. By the he's by but a sheik and a prophylactic of, by, the, of same the same. Name. <laughs> it's like yes, thank you. Oh uh, right. no, we got it. Yeah. If you have to explain it, it's not funny. <laughs> Um, but so, but, but like later on, and he's he's constantly like protesting too much. Where he's like, he yeah. has these long speeches about nothing's worse for a country's uh, morale than martial law. But and so I say, gentlemen, don't do not do this. But if you do, yeah. I know that you are. Here's you how put I would me do in it. Charge. It's like the OJ book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if I, if I would do it, here's how I would have done it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and he's the, and he's the basically. I mean. The main bad guys are the terrorists, of course, um, but uh, he's he's also a principal antagonist and uh, enthusiastically you know rounds up people in the Muslim community. Yeah, he's putting them in a he's putting them in a stadium yeah. prison camp, like in Chile. Anyone from the ages of like thirteen to thirty, I believe it is. Yeah, ends up snaring um, Tony Shalhoub's son, son. Yeah. and yeah. this Tony Shalhoub is not crazy about this. No, doesn't like it. And Tony he resigns and, in protest. He yeah, hands in right, his peace and shield. Rightly so. He's yeah. just like, I'm not on your fucking side. You yeah. all act like I'm on your side and help you do this and help I played I played the game for ten fucking years and now my son you won't even let my kid out of the fucking prison camp. Yeah. And then take this badge. And then at one point one of the the people that are with like Bruce Willis are like, Yeah, we're also looking into him. Like we think he's like he's like a Shiite or whatever. And yeah, that's like, what he he's says. like, dude, that's my part that is literally my partner. Yeah. Yeah. And that's about right. Yeah, just like widespread hysteria going all over the place. Yeah. And Bruce and he like at a certain point Denzel like Denzel and Frank Bruce Jr. are kind of friendly at first, but like that that ends really quick and Bruce is just like, "No. Not going to mm. help you. I'm on a power trip." Uh and so and that's when things get more complex supposedly, but Yeah, not really. They get, I, I feel like they get less complex. Because well, it's trying have... to deal with the fallout uh, of yeah. this movie that isn't trying to instill hysteria in its audience is also being like, but don't do hysteria. But it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> but also, be careful. this is it. Be this. Be the right amount of hysterical about it, like right yeah. here. But if you go any farther on this, then you're doing bad hysteria. Do our, like right in the yeah. middle hysteria. And then <clears throat> Annette Benning has a connection with Tariq. This is also what kind of confused me. So she's also like fucking him. Samir. That's how she's manipulating him as a source. Yes. Yeah. She is fucking the guy. 
And she slut shamed for it at a certain point. Yes, by oh, by God. Denzel, I believe. Yeah, Denzel. Yeah, but it's, it's hard coming from Denzel. Mm. In a way, she in a way she's like more committed to this than he. I mean, because obviously this isn't Denzel's. He's FBI, and she's been in the CIA, like over there yeah. among the Palestinian people for I think even before she was working for the CIA. And she sucks when you really think about it because it's like she's, she goes like, when I was a teenager, my first boyfriend was a Palestinian, and I always loved the Palestinian people. And you're like, you're in the fucking CIA now. Yeah, right. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I love I loved them as a people so much that I joined the CIA. And yeah, that's what that maybe that's how they get you. Turn her to the dark side. I guess. Yeah. That's pretty gnarly. But but she's like she's sleeping with Samir and she really believes in Samir. This is another kind of like fucked up thing about the movie is, mm-hmm. you know, they're not all terrorists. Ugh. Samir is Samir is good and I I know him really well and he can help us and 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 at times Samir will be like, that's when my brother got involved with terrorism and his brain broke because of the terrorism and this mm-hmm. hatred needs to stop. And you're like, yeah, all right, Samir, you're all right. And then but at then the end, he's like, no, attack. I'm also a terrorist. I'm the leader of the terrorists. Yeah. I'm evil too. Big <laughs> bad. Oh God. <laughs> It's yeah, it's rough. Pretty harsh, uh, and that's and that's at the part where um, <clears throat> that's like that's like what the big twist of the movie essentially. Yeah, but the whole th- but the whole thrust of the movie is these terrorist attacks going off. The bus is the first one. Then they blow up Denzel's office. Yeah, and then I think there's another one, and that's when it finally is like we've got to do martial law. Then that becomes the thing. And as we all saw in 24 season five, martial law sucks. Martial law's not good. <laughs> we never did martial law in America, so that's not yet. Not yet. We got plenty of got time. Plenty to of do time. Martial law. We could do it. Almost happened, I think. Oh yeah, I think uh, plenty of people were calling for it and stuff, but somehow cooler has prevailed at the time. <laughs> for a change. Weird. Um, yeah, and and then it becomes like we're fighting the terrorists and the, like like the army. Yes, the you know that sort of stuff. And and then everyone's fighting. And each then other. it's all solved when Denzel makes an inspiring speech yeah. in a hallway, and Bruce Willis goes to jail. <laughs> right, he is arrested. They're like, "That was bad." It's Denzel's Off speech. Off you go. It's the kind of like movie speech that literally makes people like, "Huh," and like slowly put down their guns. <laughs> it's yeah. like the power. I mean, I know he's a good actor and everything, but boy. And what does Bruce Willis go to jail for? Wait, did we talk about the torture? Uh, he's yeah, he's going to yeah. They, there is a torture scene at a certain point yep. where they and talk about water to, water torture. They're like listing all the different ways, yeah, and and why they wouldn't work or whatever. Even Annette Benning is. And oh yeah, uh, that's a that's a, a classic Denzel speech there too. That's that's <clears> that's before yeah. the uh, where he's like, "Are you people insane? I can't believe what I'm hearing." Yeah, and you're just kind of like going, "Can you not believe really that? Really? <laughs> oh boy!" Also, he you know he leaves the room and then he hears a shot. So Bruce Willis fucking killed. He killed that dude. <laughs> and he, and he, he literally leaves. murdered that guy. And he walks out of the room and do- won't make eye and contact like, with Denzel, and he's wiping, wiping blood. blood. He's got blood on his hands. Literally, and he we won't intend- be able to wash it off. He won't. We intend to seal off this borough. They, they only do martial law in Brooklyn. We intend to seal off this borough, and we intend to squeeze it. This is the land of opportunity, gentlemen. The opportunity to turn yourselves in. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. That's pretty nuts. Uh, what if what if what they really want is for us to herd children into stadiums like we're doing? Then they've won. Hell, they've already won. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Eerie. Jesus. This is why the hair stand up on the back of your neck. You're like, oh boy, Denzel, I got, I got bad news for you, buddy. <laughs> where, where this whole thing's going? 
But then at the end, when and at the end, it comes out in the media, and people are held accountable, and there's like and new surely, safety measures implemented by the law, by Congress, of course. I'm sure all of America was outraged that there was torture used outraged. in this. What torture in our names? We never. We would never do that. Certainly, there aren't people, lawyers hired by the government to justify <laughs> these actions. Democrat and Republican alike. We're not going to let fear drive us to those extremes. We're America. I don't think I really liked this movie. <laughs> I don't know if the term I would even, use is like it. Even talking about it more now just makes me, uh... No, it's nauseating. And it's it also gnarly. just didn't really stick in my head at all I do all think either. it's a fascinating artifact. And it was entertaining. I mean, it is exciting. That's what's, the, what's extra harsh about it is that it's well made yep. and it has Tensel Washington in it doing sake. a very good job you know of course as he's let's talk as about let's talk about Denzel's skills here <laughs> okay because there's a particular he has a particular set of skills in this movie and they involved eating an orange oh my god oh, okay all right it I must think, be it must be said I think we conclusively find out in this movie that Denzel Washington who was probably <laughs> in his mid 40s when this was made as has never eaten an orange, eaten an orange. <laughs> yeah. I an love orange. thinking that they just handed him an orange for this scene and they're like eat the orange. so just eat it while you do the scene you know and he's like okay and they figured he would peel it they figured he would take it apart Maybe he'd slice it. Maybe he'd take a little orange slice. You Everybody's know? got their ways of doing orange, and mo and they're all practical. Denzel, if, you, if, you, if you know what you're doing when you eat an orange, mm -hmm. if Denzel, you've eaten an orange before. Denzel maybe peeled it a little bit, all right? He maybe peeled, peeled it about, a little bit. Peeled about a third of it. But the, the peel is still mostly on, and then he just takes a fucking bite out of it like it's an apple. It's absolutely insane. I was was kind of like, meh, during this movie, and then I see this scene, and I immediately am like, wait, what we the fuck? We all got the group text immediately, yeah. <laughs> I sent a picture to them, and I paused it, and I rewound it, and I watched it a few times just to make sure my eyes were tricking me, and that it was indeed an orange. Yep. That was not pe fully peeled. Still a lot of the white whatever that's called on it. Just like, he's, he's just he's just chomping at you guys. It's psycho behavior. Like a big boy. I can't think of any other like, explanation other than Denzel has never eaten an orange before. Psychotic behavior? Because what is that supposed to tell us about the character? That, I, I think the, it tells well, us something like about said, Denzel Washington. He likes to do things a little differently. <laughs> but it's like <laughs> he's terrible. He's terrible at peeling an orange. So I don't know if we have any confidence in how he's dealing with this terrorist it's insane. situation. I love thinking that it was a perfect take, despite that. So they're like, yeah, I guess just leave it in. Maybe no one yeah, will notice. We had other takes where somebody peeled the orange for him, and he just had a handful of tidy slices. But he well, was you don't, shitty in them. Look, you don't eat an orange and throw the peel away. A man's, a man's not a piece, not of, a piece of, fruit. of fruit. We all know that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's incredible. We'll post either a, vi a clip of it or something on on our, one of our social things. He just like mm. it's it, like, it's jarring. He was in, in the way that it's peeled, like the quarter of the, or third of the orange that is it's peeled. Like it he looks opened like he was it just a little bit, taking little chunks with his fingernails <laughs> out. Yeah, and he was like, "Man, oranges are just, crazy. Why do people eat these things? Just, I can't like, do this." Bite, just took and a he, bite. And he's just eating through like a, a good like a good. <laughs> centimeter of that of that white crap yeah fighting through the god do you think he was enjoying himself <laughs> he doesn't look know. he does not look like he is take they should have given take they should have given take, him a goddamn apple after take he did not get better at eating this orange or maybe he was eating an apple and someone accidentally switched it with an orange and he wasn't paying attention. Yeah. What if? Uh, what if? Uh, what if? Like Ed Zwick and Denzel Washington were like, it's got to be an orange. It's thematic. Like, what if? What if they have like I a know, whole what does thing? It mean, I yeah. want to know what it means. Vitamin C is in is an there, orange. This is character there a commentary needs to see track the reality. On the DVD? I don't know. Because if there is, there's no way they can't address that. You know what I mean? <laughs> there's no way that scene will happen and no one would say anything. But also, how fucked up would it be if that happened? Wow. If we were watching the commentary track and it's just silent during that part. 
No one wants yeah, to say I anything? I think Denzel's doing a good job uh, handling the characters' dynamics in this scene. And that's it. It's just yeah. passes by. No one's going to talk Nobody about the shit. <laughs> yeah, a really good speech there that Denzel, very uh, kind of a light moment, uh, oh but I God. think he handled it's the part of the character. And you're like, talk about the orange! <laughs> How What's can you with ignore the, the orange Did in anybody the room? ask him? And what if nobody knows? Do you think that would like, be my first question? If I is is Edward Zwick still alive? No, he just put out a book. Of course. Yeah, I hope he talks about the orange in it. Well, I, I haven't read it yet. He well, wrote, if I ever met him, that's what I'm He wrote ask. the Siege Two, uh, the novelization of the Siege Two. <laughs> if I ever meet Denzel or Edward Zwick, I will definitely ask that question. And all you listeners, please do the same. Let us know. We need a T-shirt of Denzel eating that orange. Oh God, if any of our go, listeners, it's going, in the, it's going on the list of T-shirts I need to make. If any of our listeners have access to Denzel Washington, I mean, there's a and I'm sure thousand questions that we would want you to ask him. But number frankly, one, top of the list, ask him about the number orange. one. Is Eddie Griffin a ghost in John Q? Is that, <laughs> number two, number what's two? with the orange? Uh, orange goes. Orange goes to number one. Here's the thing, though. If you're seeing him in real life, how about you just don't say anything. Just hand him an orange. You see yeah. what he does. Hey, Denzel, he got does. a real good orange here for you. <laughs> <laughs> what, if, what if he looks at it and he's just like, what is this? I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, he like crushes it into his head. He just, you're, yeah. t- you're saying there's a better way. It's got to be a better way. <laughs> oh, yeah. bizarre. Maybe that's maybe that's the thematic thing is like Denzel, like he does things his own. He does things by his own yeah. rules, you know, and he's like the the conundrum. Of of you know, Middle Eastern relations, Islamic fundamentalist, fundamentalist terrorism, all that stuff. Like, there's got to be a better way to eat this orange. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're cutting you're cutting through this bullshit process. All the red tape yeah. that involved that is yeah. peeling the orange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's trying something new. We're getting right to the maybe, meat. Maybe to the meat of the matter. <laughs> maybe it's not working, but he, at least he's trying something. Yeah. Oh God. He's trying other solutions. It could very well be. Hmm, it's the most important part of the movie. I, I think of a movie that that is somewhat significant. <laughs> Should have sent him to jail for eating the orange <laughs> at the end. Somebody's got to be held accountable for this. <laughs> this orange actually is a though. disaster. I wanted to point out that Ariana Huffington. Oh my god, that was movie. so funny to me. What? Ariana Huffington, founder of the Huffington Post, and at one point she's going like, "No, what we need to do is do martial law in New York." And you're like, Ariana, do you remember that time that you were in a fictional <laughs> movie advocating on behalf of martial law? Look, I was doing more that night, too. I got my wires crossed. <laughs> I was playing a character. I was not playing myself. Blah. <laughs> What's the deal with that lady? How did she get to become, like, a respected commentator on anything? I think, yeah, I think she was, like, a journalist commentator before, and then she no. started the Huffington Post. I don't fucking know. Um, yeah. Uh, are the army's a broadsword, not a scalpel. That's, I implore you, do not consider this as an option. Wink. Uh, I love that scene where he's like, a, "We are, we don't want to do this, but we are gonna knock the hell out of the park if we do." This is a I can't remember who says this, but it's just just dropped. This is one of those factoids that just dropped, and everyone goes, "Sure," and you're like, "Ugh." Where <laughs> they like, "We could call in the National Guard," and someone goes, "The National Guard's for riot control, not for terrorism." And they're like, "Oh yeah, okay, riot control, mm. very good." We send that against our own people. Yeah, uh, we, yeah, <laughs> a different way of sending against our own people. Uh, this is New York City. We can take it. Oof. Is the thing that Denzel Dang. says at one point. Uh, they blow. They blow up a Broadway show. I think that's the third and final. It was the, the Spider-Man musical. Though, it's Spider-Man, so. turn off the dark. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and the a news lady goes. The list of victims is a veritable who's who of the city's cultural a leaders. Horn of plenty. Like, All right, lady. Uh, at one point, there's terrorists. Uh, this is what like this um, kind of lull in the movie where like the the van, um, 
the bus explosion happens, and then they catch the cell responsible yes, for the, and then you're kind of like, they did it, yeah. and there's this lull before things really turn ugly. But when they're going in there to get the terrorists, they're disguising themselves as a pizza yeah. because the terrorists love pizza. All they do is eat pizza and watch TV, is what oh, they say. Yeah. And so they knock, and so one of the SWAT guys like knocks on the. Uh, uh, on the door with it's the pizza David thing. Proval. And someone goes, there's pizza at the door. And one of the terrorists goes, hooray for pizza. <laughs> they love pizza. As they should. As everyone should. Uh, You're in New York, baby. This is uh, Annette Benning talk, talking about the them. They've also got a warrant, okay? A warrant from God. Your quaint little laws, they don't mean shit to these people. Oh, God. Yeah, people are talking like that a lot. Mm. And that's the one, that's the lady who likes uh, Palestine. Allegedly. Allegedly, exactly. She's she's questionable on all fronts. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we didn't point out already, though, she does get shot, and she she, she sort of sacrifices herself at the yes. end. Yes, just like, and then she's. I think she says she's fine at the end. No, she she definitely dies. <laughs> but oh god, no! This is pretty fat. Like one last thing that I do want to talk about because just like whoa, yeah, yeah. Uh, she gets shot by the the guy, the terrorist guy who she thought was so good, good, who turned out to be evil, of course. And she's dying, and Denzel comes over, and then they start like reciting the Lord's, the Christian yes. Lord's <sighs> prayer, and he's going, like, I don't know the Christian Lord's prayer, but he's saying whatever the prayer is. Our Father who art in heaven, our Father, thy name. This sort of stuff, yeah. and they're going back and forth, and then she's like fading away, and she goes, Inshallah, Ugh. And God he goes, willing, huh? Yeah, and she dies. And at one point, Bruce Willis does say, "I am the law." <laughs> he <laughs> says, "I am the sure. law." Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, ratings? Hmm. <laughs> I'm going to give us three Juds. Yeah. Uh, I do find it an entertaining and exciting film that is nonetheless absolutely insipid. Just yeah. totally insidious. Uh, fascinating, fascinating, terrible stuff. I'm going to give it like a half a Douglas for uh, the, a little, there's a little bit of nudity with uh, Annette Benning and Samir. And I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 chilling visions of things to come. <laughs> chilling and uh, semi-accurate vision of things to come. Frankly, Pollyanna-ish vision of things, <laughs> of things to come, uh, considering yeah. how supposedly dark the movie is. Uh, I'm also going to give it three. Again, I think we've done a pretty good job notifying you of the hazards of this movie. Uh, I, 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 I certainly don't... S- Advocate for I don't, whatever. That, I will not excuse or defend any of it. Let's it's put it that just, way. It's just, but it's fucking interesting, and, yeah. and I and I think it will always will be, just because of uh, it's it's wild that this movie. You would just never guess that this came out. I don't know before nine eleven. It's it's wild. It, it's a hell of a thing, uh, and it's like kind of well made. That's like part of the reason it's disturbing is that it, it is a, a a pedigree behind the Denzel Washington, Ed Zwick. They they did glory together. That's a very good movie. And now and they're doing the siege. Encourage under fire, exactly. Um, also, this is the this is the the second uh, Denzel Washington movie to that we've done on the show where you're li- at the end where you're like, and people got in trouble for for doing the bad stuff in this, like Manchurian Candidate remake. Yeah, that that's a huge one. Yeah, much much better movie, of course. A much better like, movie, you, but at the end it, you're it, like, it, it wait almost, a minute, it almost hurts more in that one because that movie feels more grounded. Yeah, and and, and you know, like, you isn't me? quite as horrible about like, yeah. you know, <laughs> being hypocritical. This one's pretty. I mean, it, with its it's got a veneer of prestige, but it's dopey. Yeah, and so you're kind of like, sure, he goes to Bruce Willis gets locked up. All right, okay, fine. Uh, I'll give it a I'll give it a half Douglas as well for just the kind of Annette Benning's the style of uh, espionage, mm. and then uh, I will give it 
A hundred slow-mo glass shards hitting Denzel oh, in the face when the bus blows up. Yuck. That was and a you cool go, scene. damn. Yeah. I literally wrote, damn, that explosion. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> actually quite something, I got to tell you. Damn was in all capital letters. Um, I'm giving this two Judds. I didn't really like this movie. Good for you. I kind of, you know, I love Denzel in it, but I could, honestly, I could watch him do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, Except... Uh, <laughs> Except eat an orange. Except eat an orange. <laughs> I would watch the shit. But out of also, that. I'm fascinated. And I would watch him eat an orange. I wonder what other fruits he doesn't know how to eat. Um, uh, I'm giving just it. Just get him a fucking fruit platter and see what happens. And just go Let's ahead. Just see how this shakes out. Go ahead, Denzel. Like, mm. Yeah. Um, and I'm giving it zero Douglases, and I'm giving it ten out of ten exploding pizzas. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. I think we made it through that relatively unscathed. I believe so. Uh, what are we doing next time? Next time we're going to do three, like, law enforcement, fish out of water, like, stranger yeah. in a strange land mm. procedurals. Ooh, I'm excited about this one. I We've got I haven't seen any of them. Melody Griffith in the Hasidic Jew community in A Stranger Among Us. Generally considered to be a very silly, misbegotten it's film. It's not a great movie. I believe it's a, is it Sidney Lumet? It's. I think it's a, pre- a yes. prestigious guy. Yeah. Yeah. This might be a I ga- believe it's a Lumet. <laughs> this yeah. might be the gateway to doing the Lumet ones if you want to do. Oh, here. boy. Uh, then we're going to do uh, Wesley Snipes and Sean Connery investigating Japanese corporations in Los Angeles at the height of Japanophobia. You've been waiting for us to do this one since Rising day one. Sun, one we've held off doing forever, <laughs> just finally found a good spot for it. Yeah. And then we're going to push it into the 2000s with another... Certainly nuanced examination of uh, fundamentalist terrorism and American foreign policy <laughs> in The Kingdom from Peter Berg. Oh, boy, oh, boy. I'm Powerful looking, stuff. I haven't seen any of these. I am looking forward to it. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you this. Rising Sun I thought was great when it came out. Now it's terrible. Stranger Among Us is interesting but flawed. The Kingdom, however, is a very, very good action movie that is just as insidious in some ways as, as The Siege. <sighs> There's some fucking killer action in that movie. Including some really excellent knife work from Jennifer Garner. Cool. Jennifer yeah, Garner with a knife. In its way, even more distasteful Down. than The Siege because it is a pure action movie that's also rooted in the, Like The Siege, at least I think, maybe thinks that it's a prestige film. No, and The Kingdom's like, an action movie. And The Kingdom's yeah. like a hard action movie. Yeah. <laughs> but also, but also, you know, the wages of hatred <laughs> or yeah. whatever. The, it's great. Good stuff. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Okay. Well. Well, join our Patreon because... Under five, do- is it five dollars? Four, four fifty. Four fifty. The ghost of Kevin Clark lives on. It's such a Patreon deal. Link. You get a, a approximately one million extra bonus episodes. Um, fun stuff. What, we, what do you guys have coming now. up? Uh, what, what, do do we have? Is Private Ryan out yet? Private Ryan's out. Yeah, like uh, in a in a couple after that. Oh. as well. That's awesome. Wayne's World. Wayne's High World. High Fidelity came High Fidelity out. Came out. So yeah, so you do that if you want to support we're us. Do, in that we're gonna way. do. Uh, we're gonna do four rooms. Four, four rooms in Twilight Zone. And the Twilight movie Zone is the, the movie. next. Uh, oh, that's holy gonna be shit. fun. Cool. I yeah. watched them already. It was not fun. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be we fun for to listen to. That's for sure. So join that. Tell your friends. Tell your family. You know, follow us on all the things. Tell your friends. Tell your fucking family. Tell your fucking family. Don't listen to my fucking Patreon for once, please. The, will you listen? Oh, tell your I tell you to listen to the husband. Patreon. You know, I even record it for you to listen to it. You pay four fifty, pay five dollars, pay six dollars for all. I give a shit. Damn. Bafangu. 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 And we're wishing you a, a merry Bafangu. By the time this comes out, <laughs> it'll be the day before my birthday. Oh. oh my God! Oh, happy birthday! In Wait, advance. is this coming out on 
November the first. For this Wednesday, the second. Yeah, I was thinking yours was the first for some reason. Mm-hmm. Day of the Dead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye, <laughs> guys. Bye. 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 Oh. Oh, that hurt my throat. <laughs>